no kill eye. Like it, it burns the message in the floor, but it's not that has it ever seen English? Like what? It doesn't even have eyes. What? I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 247 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast that we're doing from a brand new studio in brand new San Francisco, California. It's uh, it is a little ridiculous that we rebuilt the entire city just to have yeah. What what did you do different studio. this time? This is like a synecdoche. This is a this is a smaller version of the city uh, with just this studio in it at full size. Everything else is very small. There's oh. a tiny Trans America pyramid made of Jello. Right. I ate that, guys. I'm sorry. Oh well. Okay. Oh, how that, many people now have we you know put what out caused of work? Financial how many, crisis. How many in tiny people lost their tiny jobs? Uh, hang on, I'll count them. Synecdoche, New York. I haven't seen it. I I really like the idea of it. I I don't know that the movie is all that great, but I I I don't remember much about it except that I really liked it. But like, I tend to absorb things like that uh, on a moment to moment basis without ever really thinking too hard about whether they add up to anything. Yeah, I feel like that was my sort of fundamental dissatisfaction with it was that like. I feel like the name came first, and the movie kind of followed after that. Sure. Who made that? Was it the same person that made her? Uh, I don't know. It was Spike Jones who directed her, at least. Okay. I don't know if he was involved in Synecdoche. Because that was Charlie. I think that might have been Charlie Kaufman, written and directed. Honestly. Okay, so that's Eternal Sunshine, and like, uh, yeah, adaptation. Spike Jones was involved in Jackass, the TV show. He oh, was being John Malkovich adaptation. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Spike Jones was in it. He was the old guy in the uh, shopping cart. <laughs> if you remember that. I watched her. Yeah. That's uh, so good. A couple, couple weeks ago, actually, and I forgot to talk about it on the podcast. And it's good. I, I don't have any dicking around to do this week. All I have is I played a bunch of video games. Okay. Um, so this is going to be a very boring episode for our listeners. But I saw her. I did not know. I don't know what I thought it was going to be. But I did not realize that it was such a like sort of comprehensive like near future dystopian thing. I did you find it dystopian or just topian? I think it was meant to fruitopian. Be. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think it's meant to be like, oh man, check out how empty everybody's lives are because they're just fucking around with their phones all the time. I didn't. It didn't seem that empty. <laughs> well, <laughs> sure, fair enough. Well, when when the phone is a, a genuine human like companion. Basically indistinguishable from just having a friend on the phone. I think that's not so bad. Something that I also didn't expect was for there to be what to me was a fairly new sci-fi idea, which is that the singularity would happen and then it would just leave without paying any attention to us <laughs> at all. That's, yeah, that's... that's uh... That, have, that, that's definitely something I've seen before. I think it? it's. I mean, I, I haven't encountered it, have but it's just it's a super interesting. Again, yeah, it's exactly what happens in Neuromancer. Yeah, but but. Wintermute doesn't leave, right? Like Wintermute, he, Wintermute just sort of stops. Points ca- his, points his attention caring. elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. He he stops stops, stops like, interacting. I found something that's more interesting than you. than humans. Yeah. yeah, that's that's one of the better outcomes for the species. <laughs> sure. Well, okay, sure. We don't have to. We don't have to worry about that basilisk. <laughs> right. Did you see? Did you see all the cool uh, baby robot <laughs> dogs? Oh, the, oh, the new slipping the, the new Boston peel. dynamic things. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. I saw it. I saw one where it was just walking, and then one where it slipped on a banana peel. Yeah. And it was pretty great. There's a good dancing one. Right. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's just. A, oh, I think I saw that on Ally McBeal. It has a head, that, and it uses the head to like pick stuff up and write itself if it falls over. That's good. Is, are we talking about like a series of animated gifs? No, that, no. These are this is an actual like robot dog thing oh. that that's basically yes. silent and small. It's and animated deadly. gifs of it. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it doesn't have the problem that the military big dogs had, which they sound like a really loud swarm of bees. Right. Yeah. Angry yeah, bees. These sound like a small, quiet. These are like a swarm of gnats. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it sounds like. Maybe it is quiet. A murmuration of gnats. Yeah, is that what they call it? No. <laughs> <laughs> a parliament of gnats. Okay, actually, here's here's a question that I have for you and or our listeners. Uh, I walk on the sidewalk in San Francisco from place to place, and every single time I pass particular spots, there's just a cloud of gnats. Like, what? what is the environmental situation that causes like a, a spot of sidewalk to be conducive to just I, I don't have an answer concept. for that but like i do notice that flies are usually in the shade so like under an overhang or something like so that this, there, it is under an overhang uh, maybe it's a place where there tends to not locally be a lot of wind are you sure that it's actually gnats and not a haunting i'm not but it it looks like gnats. <laughs> Riff, could you put together like a click hole style questionnaire to differentiate between gnats and a haunting? Hmm. We could we could investigate the settings of our router to find out where the gnat routes are. Right. <laughs> uh, okay, so maybe maybe some of this because I, I can imagine that like because it's like right in front of a particular store, and I can imagine that maybe they like dump their they sell gnat bait. They sell gnat bait. They they dump their like uh, sewage in the street, and that like, they dump their gnats. Just <laughs> yeah, maybe they collect their gnats and dump them out in the street. Oh, yeah. yeah, maybe it's a gnat. Is it a gnat? A nattery? It is not a nattery. <laughs> Do they sell natto? <laughs> I don't know. I've never actually gone inside. Hmm. Do they sell that corn with the fungus on it <laughs> that uh, I always think about after I think about natto? <laughs> what, okay, so we go back and what is natto? I don't natto know. is like a weird stringy, like quasi fermented soybean thing that comes in a can. It looks really gross. Okay, yeah, it also smells really gross. Does it? Yeah. Mm. But then there's also that huelacote or whatever. It's, it's oh, something yeah, like that. That stuff that's, is... That's like giant kernels of corn. Kernels of corn that have been bloated with some sort of parasitic fungus. And like half of them are exploded. Yeah. They're like nixtamalating. Like uh, like in The Last of Us. Oh, right. I never played that. You, okay. But you could look at screenshots to, and see what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, there's like women whose heads have exploded with mushrooms inside them, right? Yeah, yeah. The Gross. thematically, and then um, heads are pyramids, but their body is like a nurse outfit. <laughs> the, thematically, in The Last of Us, the uh, the zombies are uh, caused by the uh, cordyceps fungus. So, why were there so many nurses in System Shock Two? Like, how many nurses do you need on one space station? It could be. It could have been like a cosplay thing. There was like a hospital. Oh, like so it was like a Santa. Oh man, what if what if there was a post-apocalyptic game set during SantaCon? Like that's what <laughs> it's like. Why are all of these zombies Santa Claus? Oh, uh, I feel like <laughs> there's just something bad in the swill that they handed out at SantaCon. Oh man, what was that uh, zombie game set in a mall around Dead, like uh, Dead Rising? Dead Rising. Dead yeah, I feel like is that the one that you also had a camera? 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cover that game was good feel- except for a bunch of stuff about it. <laughs> uh-huh. and, yep. and apparently, the new one that they just announced at E3 is like, yep, it's that guy again. He's at that same mall again, and it got and invaded by zombies Santa again. Con. Yeah, it's SantaCon. It's except it's at Christmas. No, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Like, and and uh, it got rid of the timer. The 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 oh, issue yeah. that I had with Dead Rising was that it was set on like a. It had this real time clock. Yeah, I mean that's what made it stressful, right? Right? That was one of the... But at fixed points on the clock, there were, like, fucking impossible boss fights against things that weren't zombies. Oh, yeah. I thought that stuff stuck, sucked as well. When I played uh, Dead Rising, I was, like, dicking around in the intro sequence. Like, there's a place that's barricaded off before you get into the mall proper, and you, you have can grind levels. Well, I, I just didn't know where to go and I was just exploring that space and I got to the main part of the game at it's such a time that like most of the story just couldn't happen. Huh. So like almost all of the events that trigger for normal playthroughs didn't happen for me and it was just uh just the systems part of the game instead of the story parts of the game. And that was a super weird experience. That I didn't even realize was happening until it seems like that would be better. Than... Well, you can make it happen. Okay. I remember doing a bunch of like degenerate shit because I was having so much trouble with the first couple of boss fights mm-hmm. that I just started playing the intro over and over again, because you would save your leveling progress between restarts. Cause that's the whole point, right? You keep restarting, yeah. but you maintain your level ups. And so I just kept like, there's like an old couple on the roof of the mall that you rescue one of them and then you can take a picture of them and you get like a thousand experience points for taking a heartwarming picture. Then you restart and do it again and restart and yeah. do it again and restart. Yeah, and that again. sounds like less fun than just playing the game. Yeah, well, except for playing the game involves like playing for like an hour and then there's a fucking impossible boss fight against some shit that's not a zombie. Yeah, well, it. so you're, are you t- taking the photo just forever postpone that boss fight no to level up to be stronger for it so that maybe you'll survive but i don't know it didn't work yeah you just have to end like then when you restart again you just have to do that fucking boss fight again it becomes like those those stupid set pieces become like just entirely what the game is about when what it should be beat them yeah if you could be but even if you you still had to do them you know? Yeah. Yeah, those were not fun. I, I remember the demo for that game, like, really f- highlighting the good parts, which were just running around and beating up zombies with random shit you find in the mall. Um, And that stuff's great. And that <laughs> really gives a, uh, like, a, a it puts the best possible light on what kind of game it is and also a misleading one, much like the uh, the demo for Brutal Legend. Did you ever, uh, did you ever see the teen... Uh, slasher film Chopping Mall. <laughs> no. Some some teens who work in a mall like decide to sleep over uh, in, and have like a little party in the mall overnight and the security robots that they have <laughs> go haywire okay. and start killing mm. teens. And, and Jennifer Connelly is there in the Best think, Buy. Don't think that's so. That's a different that's a different movie. Okay. Where I think a guy gets trapped in like a big box store overnight and Jennifer Connelly is also trapped in the big box or maybe she lives there. Is she the mannequin? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Maybe she's, she came to life. She's Kim Cattrall's sister. Right. 
What's Jennifer Connelly been up to lately? Having kids. Oh, yeah? I think so. Having babies instead of a career. Having kids is a career, Zach. I don't know that that's really true. It could be. It's a job. It's a commitment. Yeah. But I don't know that anybody would really describe it as a career. Well, it is if they, if you like manage them and they become future movie stars. Oh, and like they eventually they move out and give you a watch. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) You don't get a pension. I mean, I guess in a way, if your kids pay for your nursing home, then that's your pension. Your 50th, your, your, your like, yeah, your present to your parents on their 50th birthday is a gold watch for 50 years of service. Mm-hmm. You're being paid in social capital. Or on your 50th birthday, I guess. That'd be, yeah, that makes way more sense. Gosh. Yeah. Cool. Well, man, I better have some kids if I am expecting to live to, until their 50th birthday. Uh, so my friend Sora says that we're going to live to be 200. Well, he's just not worried about aging because he's like, oh, yeah, we're just going to have like, you know, gene therapies. It's going to be fine. He's pretty sure. I mean, he is a geneticist. Right. (laughs) But this is but he's not. I mean, man, I wish that he I hadn't like ruined my relationship with him because if he's the one that figures out how to cure aging, he's just going to withhold it from me. I don't think that's true. I think I think I think you guys are past that. Are we? Yeah, we're 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 past that singularity. I'm optimistic about that stuff, but. Like, I'm trying to hedge my bets, you know, like, it would suck to die, like, just a couple of years before gene therapy. Right. So you should, you probably shouldn't smoke cigarettes. Right. Just in case. Yep. But what if they prioritize people who've been smoking to get the gene therapy because they know- Oh, right, because they want, they want humanity to be cool <laughs> moving <laughs> forward. Just like it up by smoking uh, a whole lot at once. Yeah, everybody's going to move back to cigarettes from e-cigarettes. Yeah, you'd be like that guy in the Guinness Book of World Records with just all the cigarettes in his mouth. Right. (laughs) Do you think that guy inhaled? That would be bad. That would... Too much nicotine? No, too much smoke. Too smoke at once, I think, would be pretty bad for you in the the very short term. I I mean, how would you exhale? You could exhale through your nose, I guess. Like the dis- wasn't cigarettes using, will wasn't using his ears and his nose. <laughs> Did the cigarettes burn down? Is that part of the record? I don't know. We should ask those two giant fat guys on motorcycles. <laughs> they were pretty close to that guy. Oh yeah, it's the and the, the person with the, the the curly finger. Yeah, the really really long fingernails, and yeah, then the really really tall guy standing next to the really really short guy. Yeah, right. I've seen all these photos too. This is yeah, eighties. <laughs> There was no internet in the 80s, and so the Guinness Book of World Records was as close as you could get to something that was broadly of interest to, like, nine-year-old nerds. Yeah, that's true. Like, hey, here's a bunch of weird shit that's real in the world. Okay, thanks. Mm, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Thanks, Guinness. I I guess I have fond associations with your brand. Yeah. Remember that time that guy <laughs> broke the world record for crawling? He just attempted to break the world. This was a documentary that Kevin made. Oh. Uh, Attempted to make. (laughs) He was trying to break the world record for most boring documentary, but... Didn't quite make it. He was edged out. Um, I imagine you made it good. Uh, Like, the story kind of fizzled, and it became less interesting as an idea. Because... Halfway through his his like Guinness attempt, we found out that he had been disqualified like like ten hours in. He'd been crawling for 
40 hours or whatever at this point. Wait, what disqualify? <clears throat> oh, we, you're not you're not allowed to lay down. Oh. And he was laying down oh. regularly. So. Huh. And it's also possible that our footage of his attempt would not have been valid. I, I think I've told the story before, but like when when I originally signed on to this project, I was like, okay, so you need someone to document it for Guinness to accept it as an actual record. If I'm going to do that, I'm just going to make a documentary about it and we'll just use, you know, we can use the footage for other things or whatever. And I was like, okay, so clearly you're going to go around an athletic track and we can just sort of have somebody panning the camera around, keep you in the frame the whole time. And that was the plan up until like three days before we started shooting and he started like doing the the crawl when he's like, no, actually I want to go back up and down uh, a hallway at MIT, the infinite corridor, uh, which is a sixth of a mile each way. It's a strange definition of infinity for people who claim to be so smart. Yes. I'm pretty sure one of us made that joke the last time mm-hmm. you told this story. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that became very complicated. And so, like, we yeah, set how do you cameras measure, on... like, tur- the turning around bit? Well, that, that's not the complicated. Just, like, having a continuous footage of somebody doing this is very difficult when you're in a fucking hallway i mean couldn't you have just set a camera up at one end of the hallway set, and just left it there we set cameras at both ends of the hallway and even that like you you can't really have see. him like pull it behind him on a skateboard you could have done that sure but that would have made have him the just whole keep thing. a camera in his pocket there, that wasn't a thing when we when we were doing oh, you could have come up with something that uh, there were spy <laughs> cameras and, didn't exist. there were spy cameras in boy's life that could could shoot continuously for like eighty hours. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, it wouldn't have be of any use. You don't get to pick when spying happens. That's true. You just have to set up the spy camera. And I got one of those as a kid. One of the tiny, tiny little cameras. Okay. It was, it was functional. How did I it work? Think. Uh, I don't think we ever developed the film. Okay. <laughs> wow. Man, so that's what they're banking on. Is yeah. Like, it's this weird film format. So well, you because nobody would develop. Yeah. Like, we couldn't just send it to the place where... My, <laughs> to the spy store. Yeah. <laughs> we should, we could have. We could have waited for Dave Eggers to open 826, eight, whatever. Is that in Chicago, the spy store? Or Philadelphia. <sighs> Philadelphia is the spy store. Washington, Chicago, D.C.? It might, it might be Chicago, actually. I've not been to it. Are you sure? No. We went to some sort of spy museum on some trip. We did. That was not the spy store. No. No. Wow, I I had forgotten about the spy museum. It was actually kind of a slick museum. Was that in London? That might have been in London. No, it was in the United States. Did London secede from the United States? (laughs) Yes, it has. I feel like they're, they're counting those votes, right? I Because I don't read anything or pay any attention to anything. I thought that Brexit was the name of a person who was trying As to be elected. As written exit? Yeah, because that's <laughs> too stupid to be a thing. Maybe it makes more sense in British English. I've lost Riff. I don't know why. I'm still here. I mean, you've lost him. Oh. I keep My uh, headset keeps popping out of this thing. Maybe uh, it's because I keep messing with it. Um, don't pick at it. This new studio was weird. Yeah, this is a different setup. Where uh, so for the past year or two, we've been recording on couches, sort of around a central table. Yeah, this feels a lot more formal. Yeah, and I feel like it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit better when we're actually like at three corners of it, and right because right now we're oh yeah we're very isosceles. Yeah, 
because a lot of the room is taken up by foam, which will eventually be on the walls. Jake is very excited about the idea of turning this into a room from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, <laughs> right. which is like a meeting room. The where, orange foam room. Yeah. yeah. No, that's literally exactly what's going on. No. That's why they ordered is orange. He ordered this orange foam so that he could make this room a hilarious recreation of the <laughs> quiet room from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. I hope they don't put the foam too close to this radiator and cause some sort of accident in the winter future. So that, gotta, that would be you'll exciting. Need to, you'll need to call in a Tinker Tailor Soldier Fireman. <laughs> that's true. Well, gosh, do you guys want to talk about video games? Okay. I guess. Sure. Have you played any Riff? I played uh, some of that game that Mike Laserwalker was telling us about, that iPad game where you're trying to figure out an insane bread factory. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I did, too. I, I determined hard. that that was not available on Android. Oh, no. Yeah, it is hard. I did not make a lot of progress. I just was overwhelmed by it. I like I started like looking around and like like zooming into like the finest little detail and then zooming back out. Yeah. Like I was like, I just can't handle yeah, it. There's it just too, too much going on. Much. I yeah. figured out some of Traption it, but there's no there's no real uh, like I couldn't find a recipe anywhere. So I think you have to just go by trial and error. But the the before you can really start that you have to figure out how to get the four ingredients into the vat and i only got i only figured out three of them yeah i was able to like order a flower from a truck Mm -hmm. and it showed up but then i think it went somewhere while i wasn't paying attention so i didn't really know where it was and i couldn't order any more and i didn't understand where the flower was and there's like all sorts of stuff just happening independently like the the guy without the head going up the Mm -hmm. so i Slide. I want to ask you guys, like, what what is this game like structurally? But I guess you don't know it's yet. It's super yeah. weird. It's so it's a giant Rube Goldberg Rube Goldberg machine that's happening Factory. all the time. You can zoom in by a factor of forty. Yeah, it's maybe it, the the granularity is impressive because like it's like a it's it's a cool line drawing, and I don't exactly understand how they did it, right? Because it's there's a bunch of detail, but it like gracefully sort of scopes out yeah at a bunch of different stages like it seems like a lot of work to yeah to there's somebody yeah, the, it looks like the credits include like a like some kind of vector vector manipulation credit or something and it looks like a like hand drawn at all levels of zoom yeah, yeah. i mean it's not like well, hand drawn yeah. okay so we're getting a flurry of text messages they're delivering something uh they're delivering something to the office, apparently, so we just need to be here. Uh, I don't know how they're going to let us know. That's exciting. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, we'll, anyway, it's some it's some important part of affixing this foam to the walls of this studio. You'll, you'll learn about this along with us, listeners. I, I cannot... I don't think that I can recommend Traption Bakery, because I... I, it's cool looking. It and does it's look really, really cool. interesting. I, I'm, I'm. It's real intriguing. I just you can't tell stuck. what things are interactive until you zoom in. Oh, right. pretty close to them. Mm-hmm. There's like blue the handles on a bunch of like stuff. It, it'll yeah. pop up a highlight on stuff that you can move, like a lever that you can pull or whatever. But you have to zoom way in to do it. Yeah, I don't even Some understand more than how others. somebody could play this on a phone. Like I, oh yeah, you couldn't. I played it on the iPad, and oh, even that would that be much better like, than my. I, I was trying to play it on my phone, and was just that's. I think I was like too overwhelmed by 
how much scrolling around and zooming in and out that I was trying to do. Yeah. I think that I would enjoy this game a lot more if on there were wall? like a little mini map. Yeah. If there yeah. were like a little, like if you could just play it on a computer where there was a mini map and then there was mm. a fixed level of zoom that made everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, there are things, how there cool are things would that it be exist to at just like really, like, really tiny scales. Have like a drafting table. Put it on a projector, just fill an entire wall with it and like use a Wiimote to like, Wow, yeah. Manipulate stuff. That would be kind of great. And you can make it like a multiplayer game or something. Well, a multiplayer game that like maybe 50 people would even have the resources to be able to play it. Well, sure. Well, 50 people and their friends. (laughs) Right. Anything else, Riff? Um, That's been about it. Work's been pretty pretty heavy this week so yeah your boss is a real prick <laughs> I, I hear you decided the project that you're working yes on, that's true so you're correct i am the boss for this one so yes i have <laughs> i have i have uh, i have brought this on myself shit my phone it, nothing works in this room <laughs> like your hands oh no <laughs> I don't know why everyone else has decided that I'm drunk. I'm no drunker than I normally am. <laughs> don't look askance at me. <clears throat> okay, I guess this is a video game's judgmental dog. <laughs> okay. I finished Uncharted 4. Oh, nice. What did you think? Um, it It was way too long. Would you say it was off the charts? <laughs> Off the charts of like of good taste, yes. Okay. I I enjoyed it. I liked the ending a lot. I liked the um, <laughs> it was finally over. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, I I liked the you know the, the parts I liked most were actually the parts that played a lot like this week's assignment. Okay, which where you were just wandering Traveling back in time, wandering. Yeah, yeah. Some of there were from there were actually some flashbacks. Was, okay, that was pretty good uh, the parts where you're just wandering around a space and looking at objects okay um, so like the museum parts that sort of thing All yeah right. um the the combat is still terrible uh but did you just tr- did you not just set it to easy i did oh you did but okay. it was still terrible wow really <laughs> i i found myself just like it even even on the easiest difficulty it still went on way too long and like these enemies started popping up they're like that reminded me of how awful those enemies were on previous uncharted games the ones that are just like oh it's a regular guy except he's wearing a bunch of body armor so you can't just shoot him a bunch you haven't just tr- you didn't try a stealth playthrough oh the st- stealth is kind of pointless in these games like is you it? can do it but as far as I know, you will always eventually get spotted and then you just have to kill everybody. So, mm. like, you can stealth, like, two people or even, like, if you stealth, like, six people, which is super hard, like, you walk up behind them and do a stealth takedown. That's six out of the 50 people in the encounter. I remember one area in Uncharted 1 where the clearing a bunch of the, like, individual guys with sort of stealthy moves definitely helped a lot maybe like i might not have maybe i'm like a misobserving this i remember for example in the new wolfenstein game um if you clearing an area with stealth 
involved killing a lot less people than would show up if you alerted the alerted them. Right. Like there are like secret doors that open up and more dudes flood in if if you There are alarms that dudes will run to yeah. and set them off. It I was going to bring that up. I mean, that's a game where the transition from stealth to action is fine because the stealth is pretty fun and the action is pretty fun. Yeah. But if neither of them is fun in an uncharted um, game. Yeah, the then- stealth is the stealth is kind of fun in the uncharted games. It's just like the shooting is not I and some what about I, the, like, I, I bet I, I bet some people bits. really like the shooting and that's why they do it. Like I bet the people at Naughty Dog really are into that shooting into that combat system. The puzzles are I I found myself like getting over the course of the series like a lot less enamored with the way that game tells stories. Okay. Um, and one of the things is the, the, the puzzles are, they're probably about as good as like the puzzles in the previous games, but they just struck me as so much more ridiculous now. Okay. Like, is that, that, you feel like that's just you having matured? Yeah. Or not, maybe not even matured, maybe just like gotten inured to this, this inured. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, maybe. I've always considered myself inured. <laughs> is that a line? Yeah. <laughs> Simpsons. No, it's from American Splendor. Wait, is it? Yeah. It's Toby, his friend Toby, who wow, was like... Wow, why um, did I think it was the like comic book... It sounds it sounds kind of like Comic Book Guy. Huh. I don't know that Comic Book Guy is, is like modeled after that real dude, but... Okay. Yeah, it's Harvey Pekar's friend Toby. Okay. <laughs> who is wow. interviewed after watching Revenge of the Nerds in theaters... And who said it's a movie where the nerds triumph, and he he could really relate to it because I've always considered myself inured. <laughs> and so, anytime somebody says the word inured, right, that guy is just in my head <laughs> forever, good. and now in yeah. ours as well. Yep. Yeah, I it it might be me, or it might actually be the game. It's hard. It's really hard to tell. Like I remember, they have. I remember in the first Uncharted. Uh, Sully, you know, the guy who's like in his fifties would, when he started climbing around, he would say, I can't, I'm too old for that shit or whatever. Right. Um, and you have to find him another way up. But in, I think starting on an uncharted three, like just everybody is just, just as agile as you are. And everybody climbs around these ridiculous cliff faces. They just follow you around. Like how in Star Wars The Old Republic, every woman, no matter how old she was, just had like a sick rack. <laughs> it was the only made one yeah, body and model. It, and, it's, and it's the most ridiculous possible one, yeah. Yeah, yeah or hell, even in... Uh even in Skyrim, like every human had the, 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 the same ridiculous physique. Right. No matter how old they were. Or how many times they'd been shot in the knee. <laughs> right. The, like, I, I really think that, like, Un- Uncharted wants so much to be a movie that you they- just watch the movie? Yeah, kind of. Well, that should be two 40, hours long. 40 hours. It, it should, absolutely, it should be two hours long, and there should be, like, you know, you should shoot, like, six people over the course of the movie instead of a thousand. Like, the, the things that- they, they're still doing the thing where, like, the villain holds you at gunpoint. And that's a plot device to, like... And explains their whole well, mechanism. Well, specifically the fact that they, holding you at gunpoint is a thing that can work mechanically. 
because I've been in this game, I've been shot thousands of times yeah. <laughs> right. and I win every gunfight trivially like that. And that, that's basically true. Even when you, the combat isn't on, um, isn't on super you easy. That that's in suspension of disbelief territory. Not, Cause that's well, not for me. Movies. Well, like the, you're it, inclined to pick it apart though, right? I mean, you, I, I was really, well, no, actually, like even with the first couple of Uncharted games, that shit bothered me. When, when you like, watch it, a movie now, do you get more concerned when a character picks up a gun or more concerned when they pick up a knife? <laughs> I thought I, you were going to say, do you get more concerned when they pick up a gun or when they pick up a breast? <laughs> when they pick up a phone. America, am I right? <laughs> so what, like my experience is I get, way more nervous about a character picking up like a kitchen knife because you're worried that you're going to see something that is causes a visceral yeah, it's like grizzly yeah yeah like a it, it, that makes it's sense like shooting is not like bullet wounds are gross in real life but we're so accustomed to like oh just a tiny spot of blood appears on your cravat yeah and in, I also, in a movie i and, have and way it's less also, experience with a gun it's also at a individual. distance yeah. usually yeah Whereas you've been stabbed hundreds of times. Yeah, yeah. many, many so, times. Same old, same old. Mostly by myself, but you know. <laughs> What's what is the worst you ever cut yourself? Mm, I nearly cut the end of my forefinger off once doing some like exacto knife work. I've never needed stitches. I yeah, it wasn't from, so bad. I needed from very, stitches. I'm very lucky. I've like I've had a couple of stitches from. Yeah, all my dirt. I've had all my from passing out. Yeah, I passed out in the bathroom and hit my head. And oh, yeah, it was the same kind of thing that happened to Riff. Yeah, yeah, it was from too much dwarf fortress. Yeah, it's just a dwarf fortress injury that that ruined your Sam tattoo, your Max tattoo. I don't remember which one. All my worst cuts are from like broken glass, like when you jump through windows, washing some dishes, and oh yeah, yeah. My oh man, oh god, I hate the thought of that so much. Just like every time I reach into a glass to wash it, I think, is this going to be the time that this glass is broken and I don't notice it? And I just like mm. use all of my muscle yeah, force to just slice myself open. Oh. Yeah. Fuck. Man, I rinsed. Oh, God. God. What I are you doing? This happened. You're killing I forgot me. that this happened. I got a, a coffee can that I was wiping out the inside of without realizing that the lid, it had like a sharp, like pull tap lid thing. And I just like fucking just sliced across the meaty part of my hand, but uh. not, not super deep. Oh man, it could have been bad. It's uh, <laughs> cuts. It's, oh, uh, cuts are worse. Melissa cuts are cuts are so much worse than blunt trauma. Did not understand why I gotta was gotta add like, some content warnings to this podcast <laughs> now. I was like, I am pretty obsessive about not letting Ferdinand dig through the recycling to get the like cat food cans or the tuna cans that she makes salads with or whatever. Because like, there's so much sharp shit. Like, the lids are really sharp and the like. Cans are really sharp. Yeah. Why do they do that? Don't I, do that, can man. Well, and don't do that, cat man, because <laughs> it's really bad for you. Hey, you can't control what <laughs> cat man do. Oh. Uh, uh, we're gonna let that sit for a second. Okay. Uh, and so, like, I always like bury them under other recycling, but she just leaves it on top, and then he'll like just jump in the in the recycling box and dig through it and stuff, and it's it's bad. Um, My cat is like that now, too. It's aggravating. Yeah. Constantly hungry and annoying about it. Also knows how to play fetch. Yeah. Pretty consistently, I can play fetch with the cat now. Neat. He gets hair ties. 
which th- once they're on the ground, it's, they're just his. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, that's a mouse now. There's nothing we can do. And he'll jump up on the bed and drop it, let you throw it, go get it, bring it back. That's pretty great. It's great. That's a fun. I love that's it. a fun cat interaction. It is. It's a real good. He, yeah. <laughs> I, he, he he's scratchy while he does it, which sure. is obnoxious. I got I got some. You know, I got some blood zones. Do you trim <laughs> his claws? Not as often as I should. Okay. Do it early and often, because mm-hmm. the more you do it, the less sort of uh, of a hassle it'll be later. I mean, he might be already too late to to inure to. Mm-hmm. I got a uh, these knitted cat butt coasters for Christmas, like the. Like it's it's a flat like a imagine like a picture of a cat butt from behind in uh-huh. coaster form. Okay. Like um, a photograph, like a. Well, no, it's it's like, like the world's worst. It's tattoo. made out of yarn, oh. and the, there's like the pink yarn in the middle, and okay. then the other colors of the cat around it, and then like a little tail coming off off the top, and feet coming off the other side, um, and. For whatever reason, cats love like that. If if like I actually put a drink on this thing, uh, w- like one of April's cats will just start pulling at the coaster to get it out from under the drink because it's trying to save the cat. But well, it's trying to play with it, like because it, okay. it apparently it flings around real good. <laughs> okay. Well, you need to make sure your drinks are very heavy. Yeah, drink it's... everything out of a of a pewter stein. <laughs> It's, it's just like, sorry, out of a pewter Stein's monster. So I can, I can <laughs> kill this cat when it pulls the drink on top of itself. I think I might trade in all of uh, my like cork coasters for knitted like, cat butts. Well, I was gonna say either either the sort of like knit yarn kind of ones or uh, stone coasters because like the cork ones just stick themselves to the bottom of your drink mm, with right. like. I don't know, surface yeah, they're tension. They're too light. Yeah, they're too light, exactly. But I also think that the really y- just ruin your table. The rune, the the rune, the the like yarn ones yeah, would put a rune. Put a get, put, oh yeah, like a, use a rune, a magical a rune rune. stone for <laughs> that a coaster. Also, that would also yeah, and then all of your beverages will be enchanted. They would just stay cold and not. The, there would be no condensation. Yeah, no yet. condensation. Yeah, the anti condensation rune. That's yeah. one of the first ones the Vikings discovered. Right. That's why they were so uh, fast across the water. They would just put that on the surface of their boats, and it would just zip yeah, across. That's what causes most of the delays in seafaring. Yeah, that was the, condensation. That was the plot of Hunt for Red October. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Playing anything other than Uncharted Four. Yeah, you know stuff. Like what? I'm slowing, slowly getting through Bloodborne. Nice. I uh, I got to a part where I saw a guy with a snake afro. And then I turned around and went the other way. <laughs> so some um, sort of medusa. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't look too close. It was... Uh, well, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> You're here and not a statue. kind of kind of scary. A statue on um, your couch. And then I found um, uh, a plot point that talks about my origins, apparently, in the game, which, like, so far the game has addressed not at all who the character actually is. So now I'm, like, I'm, I'm going around... Uh, a castle with like it it's suddenly the game has different enemies than werewolves mm-hmm. which is neat because i was kind of getting sick of them are you are you in the the snowy castle canehurst i yes oh, I, that's great. that's where i that's am now yeah so oh cool gorgeous. yeah uh, the whole game is is gorgeous and I, and, then, and then you go to lynchhurst uh-huh 
Well, yeah, that's uh, that's that's my bloodborne for the week. We played some Hearthstone. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Did you play it together? No. No. I never actually see you online at all. Hmm. I haven't been playing online? as much in the last like week or so, I okay. guess. But uh... I had one of those quests to watch a friend win. Oh, no. And I forgot that it wasn't just watch a friend play a game. It was watch a friend win. And so yeah. I like, was like, oh, finally, somebody's playing a game. They're online. And I watched them and they lost. Hmm. And I didn't get credit. And I was like, oh, Fuck. That's fine. Just be, get, befriend some good get players. Friends, yeah. 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 Get good friends. Yeah. Uh this week's uh this week's Tavern Brawl uh seems very much like something that I would be into, but I think the first handful of games that I played were just against people who had who had constructed decks that I just didn't have the cards for. And I found it very frustrating. So this one you pick seven cards and then it fills in the rest of your deck with unstable portals which is just the give you a random creature card and make it cheaper yeah um and so like the first the very first deck i played up against was uh was a rogue and they did a double preparation they like they cast like six cards or seven cards on their first turn on their well like their third turn they waited a little so you have a bit. lot more control over what you're what you get because it, it only gives you the cards that you picked in your opening hand and then it starts feeding you the portals and so yeah it's like a real easy to set up combos um and then cast a card that was like plus two plus two or plus three plus three plus for every card you played this turn it's like one of the like oh edwin edwin good old edwin van cleef yeah and I had like never seen. Who was that he in World of Warcraft? He, he was the one of the. He was in the like Dead a Mines. Very early. He's like a yeah. boss yeah, in the I, Dead Mines, I, right? I, I, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, they replaced. The, they made the Dead Mines all. They redid it for Cataclysm. Is it less Goonies now? He, well, it's still laid out the same. Although I think they just rebuilt it. Like huh. I think the ship is a different sort of style of ship, but it's not. I remember the original storyline of the Dead Mines being about the weird like secessionist masons from Stormwind, huh and now it's just all like monsters it's like a werewolf yeah i like i, I remember Merlot. like that i remember van cleef being a pretty sympathetic character in that story yeah and i remember it being more like political intrigue with yeah. Stormwind than just here's a dungeon filled with goofy monsters and they made I mean, a it, dungeon filled with I, I, because he was sympathetic like Maybe it's less fun to kill him over and over again. Maybe. I mean, it was a low-level dungeon, so you didn't kill him over and over right. again. Yeah, it's right. Not, I mean, it's not a raid dungeon. Yeah, it's not an so endgame thing. Did they make a heroic version of they it? They did, yeah. So then maybe you... Yeah. So maybe maybe that was it. Maybe they were like, ah, this is too... It's not even him at the end of it anymore. I no, think it's, it's like not. his daughter or something. Well, but that's why they... I mean, maybe that's why they changed it. Like, when yeah. the Dead Minds became a thing that you were going to run over and over again, maybe they were like, oh, we should just put something evil in here. Yeah. Daughters are evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so a, I, a, I think my problem with Hearthstone is I'm getting to the point where, like... You need to spend $400 on cards? Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> where, like... I've talked to a couple other people who are also like sort of just playing it for fun and not really wanting to spend a bunch of money on it. And it just, like there are a bunch of aspects of the game that just aren't fun if you don't have a handful of legendaries and you can eventually craft them out of dust or whatever. But even if you're, if you're just sort of playing with the trickle of cards that they give you, that takes a long time. It does. I opened a golden legendary today just in a, ra- I think oh, wow. in, 
No, I just bought a Wrath of the Old Gods pack with gold. Open a golden legendary, which disenchants into enough dust to build any legendary. Oh, you just amazing. get 1600 for it. And I, the one that I opened was like the shittiest one. So I was like, all right, I'm definitely dusting this. Yeah, that's and nice. I haven't decided what to what to make yet. Probably Ragnaros. The Fire Lord? Yeah. Okay. I think I actually have one of those. Oh, gosh. Like, I've gotten, like, two legendaries, and, like, one of them was that cool one where it's the, uh, the one that you play, the, the first, the first time that you and I ever played against each other, you were like, oh, here, I want to play this, like, weird deck, and it was a, just a deck of 29 spells, and... Oh, yeah, and the old god that, for every spell you've cast in the game, it casts a random spell on a random target. Yeah. It's the best. It, like, turns off your turn time limit. For Does the it? turn that you run it, yeah, because the animations will make it take way longer than ninety seconds sometimes, <laughs> and they want it to they want it to resolve. Uh, it's so good. It's so like it takes so long to set up, and then you almost never win. Oh yeah, because so, it is <laughs> it's, it's literally it's, random. Yeah, but it's it's funny. It the the thing that happens more often than not though that's kind of dissatisfying is that like it will. Cast a spell that just destroys all minions, right. and then cast a bunch of spells that would target a minion. Right, <laughs> and, like it doesn't do any kind of intelligent. It'll yeah, it'll create it'll create a minion and then immediately destroy it. Yeah, uh, yeah. it almost all like it the the card that you played that makes this happen all virtually never survives. Right, but sometimes it survives with its health doubled four times. It's <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah. What is that? Y- Yog Saron? I think so. Hope's End? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I feel like my interest in Hearthstone is waning for too to much to Jim and Riff's pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I finally finished uh, the latest Alan Hazelden game, Boxes Love Boxing Gloves. I don't know if any of you guys have played that at all. Uh, it is really, really hard. <laughs> it took me probably two or three weeks to work my way through. Um, it is, you know, it's, it's a, it's a puzzle script game. So it's, it's effectively like a little Sokoban like, but the things that you are pushing around are like boxing glove boxes. And so, right. I heard Tom talking about this on Crate and Crowbar. Yeah. It sounds like. One of those Alan Hazelden games that's way too hard for me. So he, like, this was after playing Steven's Sausage Roll when I felt like I was uh, super smart and could solve any puzzle game. And this was the next game I played. And I was like, uh, okay, so maybe maybe I'm not, like, Steven's Sausage Roll has not, like, made me into a superhuman. Uh, the, le- the levels are just, like, uh, like, everything is so counterintuitive and it's just, it's just hard. It's eventually you start to understand like what the possibility space is, but the like the verbs are just so different than other Sokoban games that it's it just takes a, wh- a while to get in there. Um, well, Britain left the EU. Did they? Yeah. Oh, fucking wow. weird. You heard it here first, everybody. Probably not. No, I mean this will come out tomorrow. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Uh, Bad piggies uh, had a major content update. Really? Yes. Uh, it is weird. It's so they have implemented this system where you can now upgrade aesthetically upgrade almost all of your components. Wait, does it, are we still talking about Britain? Yes. Okay. Uh, yes, the prime minister Those has bad now piggies to, in yeah. parliament allowed this Brexit vote to go re, through. Re, 
Remind me what Bad Piggies is. Bad Piggies is a game by It's an Angry Birds Rovio. spinoff. It's a Rovio game that's mm. actually really, really good. It is a, mm. it is a fantastic game. Uh, and I had played through almost all of it. They had like come up with one last expansion that I hadn't finished. And it's like Fantastic Contraption. It it's like a a, a more coarsely granular yeah. Fantastic Contraption. Okay, you it build. Does, it still has a physics model. You just build like vehicles, but you're you're bigger parts and less fine control over where they go. It's, it's which is great because it's like it's yeah. You you immediately smaller, know it's this like thing a constrained is going to work. Space. Yeah, but even then, there's there's a lot to it. There's a lot of like you eventually get parts that you actuate or not, and then you have total granular control over when you turn something on or off and that has a huge impact on how the level plays out um but it's it's all very like it's it's very much a puzzle game very well designed levels yeah like, it is a great game super great game and so like the, it had sort of just been i had just sort of considered it a, a finished game for a long time uh but now they have like a daily it's like daily challenges kind of so they pepper the like they have three little sort of reward boxes which have some components in them uh and they're scattered all over the map and you can like watch an ad to find out where they are uh or you can find them on your own but that's basically impossible because there's hundreds of levels at this point um and then you go and you have to collect them and they're in these they're in just a totally different place some weird location on the level that's sometimes really hard to get to so you have to like rethink how you approach the level um which is great they've like managed to revitalize my interest in that and they're getting some additional income because they're like having me run some ads that i put my phone down while they, they play sure yeah they probably still get paid that's yeah that's great uh um, i i really like the i the, the one of the really cool things about a physical model and inter- having an interesting physical model in an interesting physical space is that you can make a goal be just get to this point yep and it can be interesting. So that's and that's basically what the the levels are. It's like get yeah. here. Sometimes having passed through these other points, collecting some things or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and they because they can they control what components you have on every level. They have very tight constraints on like what the possibility space for the solutions is. Yeah. And it's just it's just clever and satisfying and I like they just did a really really good job. Yeah, Mario Galaxy Two does that. Where like after you get every star, then like, oh, here's, you know, another set of every star. And it's just, we put the star over here, find oh. it and get to it. Neat. Yeah. Um, and they're really simple, but it, it really adds a lot of, I don't know. I, I, it, it, it felt good to, to, to be in that space for more, for longer. Do you think that they designed the levels on the, on the first pass through? With these secondary objectives in mind? I don't think so. Or they just found, like, the sort of most interesting place to put the yeah, secondary Yeah, well, star. the reason I don't think so is that in a lot of cases, it's not in a very interesting space. Okay. In a lot of cases, it's just like, it's, it's just all somewhere fall, else. You fall off this cliff, oh, okay. you know? Sure. Uh, a, lot of pla- a lot of places, like, those stars were also, like, the only part of the game where you really had to stretch the uh, physical, mo- like, what your capabilities were. So, like... One thing you can do in this game that you never need to do is the the triple jump that originated in Mario 64, where you jump three times and on the third jump your your jump goes much higher, um, hmm. and like you've you never anywhere else in the game needed to do that. You could do it if you wanted to get someplace, if you wanted to take a shortcut, or you could do it like 
like to to get out of a tight spot but um it was never necessary it was always just like an extra thing you you could do if you if you uh wanted to and in the green stars in in they they made you stretch your abilities to that um to some extent which was neat by the way i don't mario marathon this weekend i'm pumped you guys yeah i'm pumped to watch people play mario games is it just every mario game any game that has mario in it uh every every mario platformer basically including mario brothers uh no so start so i i could name the games but that wouldn't be interesting it, it's all the the mainline mario games starting at super mario brothers um on console so not the portable ones okay uh, but the the games that like have levels and that you can finish, are they, as opposed are they like in, them in order. Uh, they, I, I can't figure out the order. I was looking at the list. They've gone through a bunch of a bunch of like different orders over the years, and this one, I don't see a pattern. I think it was just like let's just do it this way this year. What happens when they get to Mario Maker? I don't. I didn't. That wasn't on the list. I was really oh, hoping that they would do bad. something interesting with that. Yeah. I, I bet they'll do something with it. Like one of my favorite moments uh, was a couple of years ago when they like, um, they 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 weren't getting the donations required to get to like 100%ing Super Mario Sunshine, so they ended up just like doing a picture in picture thing where like a second player was playing Mario Sunshine. In the other in the corner of the screen, which I thought was neat. Oh uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about this. I like, and I think I've talked about this in part because I am for some reason now incapable of enjoying Mario games myself. <laughs> so like, you have become inured. <laughs> yeah, if if a uh, if a listener wants to show up at my house and play Mario Galaxy in front of me, I'll, I'll probably be into that. Is there a part of that game where you're like chasing a dragon? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is Bowser a dragon? Eh, yeah, kinda. Okay. Yeah, he's like a turtle dragon. I mean, it, yeah, he's like one of those sort of Chinese folklore dragons that has a turtle shell, right? Oh uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, no I, in the boss fights, you're kind of waiting for him to come to you, so not really chasing, just kind of like like sidestepping and getting behind him. It's just a matter of like uh, frame of reference. Oh yeah, yeah. From from that perspective, like it's it's very. It's a very like you let the heroine come to you, right? Uh, Wait, did did they finally make (laughs) Peach playable? It just delivers. (laughs) Uh, Peach is playable in um, Mario Mario 3D and Mario 3D World. Okay, Uh, the scuttlebutt that I heard is that um, they made Peach playable in response to Mike Micah's mod of Donkey Kong. Uh, where they, where he made um, whoever you're rescuing in that game the protagonist, and you're rescuing Mario as that character. Mm. And he apparently made this like so his five year old daughter, yeah, first five year old daughter, so she could play as a as a girl. Um, and what I'm told is that the the devs at Nintendo heard like they saw the reaction to this, and they're like, yeah, maybe we should uh, make a playable woman. Another game I played uh, was called Puzzle Fuzz. Uh, this is that, an- I thought that phrase was going to end slightly differently from the beginning. <laughs> uh, it's an idle game, uh, but the like the fundamental 
click mechanic is one of those like uh not exactly bejeweled grids but like grids of multicolored sort of objects and you click on anything that's like three or more and it will clear that set and everything drops down and you can just sort of do that arbitrarily and that is like the like resource gathering aspect of it and you level up a set of four characters and then you there's like a sort of prestige thing where you restart and try to like do it again but better and faster and you do the it. characters eventually make the matches for you well so if you just leave it alone if, if you just don't touch anything they do and it's just very slow and inefficient um and it's it's fun and it is incredibly mindless uh-huh. if you if you just sort of want to like click on something for a little while um and th- like there's a couple of like abilities that the characters get that actually change the strategy a little bit but those are very discreet and it doesn't really go anywhere from that and I, like i just kind of wish there was more to it um it's it's pretty well polished it was uh, it's made by a guy uh who is does work at a game nest actually andrew pellerano um it's it's neat it's uh it's on congregate and it was i think they have this uh sort of program where they provide funds to some game devs hmm. um, like game at, nest no just congregate to like to, oh yeah to random and i don't remember it's like it's got a, like a little rocket ship logo um and i'm just curious to see sort yeah of, i think congregate is trying to get into into publishing now yeah like given that they're uh, role as a flash portal is kind of yeah like that that clock is ticking doomed. down yeah yeah um and they can't even really i mean for a while there were just a lot of unity web player games on it but now that's yeah. not even a thing anymore I, you know daniel moore was this was in like 2010 working on a a uh online game development engine in javascript called pixie engine and you could just make a game entirely in the browser in the IDE that he had written. Um, and he had implemented like deploy to congregate as a, wow. a one button thing and it worked, but like apparently they, that like the, that feature was explicitly for like a certain kind of like, like a Farmville clone or something like that. And so if you publish anything that wasn't a Farmville clone, um, on, uh, uh, in their HTML5, uh, mode, they would delete your game. Jeez. It was weird. Huh. It was a weird choice. And like, I, I bet they would welcome HTML5 games now. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. That- this was like, sorry, this was like way before HTML5. Well, I mean, frankly, HTML5 is still not ready for, for prime time. And I've seen for cool, game development. like, cool proof of concept stuff, but I've not seen anything that like, yeah, it, WebGL is getting there. Like it, it's it's doable, but it's got the same problems that PC development in general has, which is that it's not a fixed platform. Like one of the advantages of Flash, and also like yeah. the disadvantage of Flash is that um you can you can run old code. Like you you have a you, you find a Flash game on the web that's ten years old. It'll run on the new Flash and. That's because they just have all versions of Flash 
embedded in the Flash runtime, and that's also why all the security holes exactly, exist. and that's that's why Flash is going away. That's is because uh, it's just a security nightmare. Yeah. So it's too bad. I hate security. Yeah. Yeah. But I also hate liberty, so I'm really not sure who to vote for. <laughs> well, you should just leave the European Union. Yeah, let's leave the European Union, guys. What have they ever done for us? <laughs> oh, man. That that affects my life not in the slightest, but it seems really important to me because everybody on Twitter is talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, All my British ancestors. Game journalists. Same deal with the U.S. presidency, actually. <laughs> um, and the other game I played was called uh, Voi, V-O-I. Uh, it's an iOS game, at least. Oh, voice over I. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it reminds me of like tangrams because you are given a diagram of sort of the final thing that you're supposed to make and you're given some shapes which look a lot like tangram shapes. But instead of just butting things up against each other, you can overlap them. Ew. And, uh, they do sort of an XOR sort of binary math where like, if you put two black things on top of each other, they become white. And then you put another black thing on top of that, it becomes black. And you can, because they're all different shapes, you can make these final shapes with just overlapping pieces, which are totally different looking. And it's, it starts out really simple and then like very slowly yeah, ramps up to become. Like that could become nightmarish. Yeah. It's, it's like that folding, that sort of paper yeah, folding yeah. game that you, 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 um, pointed me to like a couple years ago. Yeah. Where like, the possibility space just gets so large and it's like, okay, six or seven folds from now, I could have literally anything. How do I, how do I get to what they want? Um, but it's, it's good. Uh, I've only gotten about halfway through that and, uh, and I'm liking it quite a bit. So lots of, lots of little small puzzle games this past week. I went back to fallout four. Really? Um, for, for a DLC? few hours. Yeah. Uh, Cause the far Harbor DLC, came out is that in maine or it something? is in maine yeah you 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 find out oh my god is it just named after bar harbor maybe is bar harbor in maine i think, I think so. so okay that's pretty funny the story dlc yeah i guess they probably all are it's like no <laughs> really yeah, no, no. <laughs> most of them are not most of most them of them are, are just bullshit crafting stuff yeah. that no one wants oh um, well, the okay. robot crafting. The ro- so there was the robot one. I bounced off of that when I got to the point where I had to use the stupid crafting system and I didn't understand what, like the UI for it was so bad that I just couldn't figure out what the fuck I was supposed to be doing to I build a UI for the crafting in general and Fallout 4 was pretty bad. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, this new one, it's like, it's like a point lookout. Like you move to a new map, uh, which I always love. That I mean, the pit wasn't great, but I really liked Point Lookout mm-hmm. um, because there was just more stuff to explore. Like, sure, yeah. yeah. As as distinct from like a Mothership Zeta or whatever, just like a a new region for you to go out and discover stuff in. Well, is Mothership what I, Zeta was a I new want. space as well. Right? It was, but it was very very linear. It was, yeah. Okay, and it, it didn't, yeah, it yeah, didn't have true. like Basically. it. It was yeah, just a like a combat hallway yeah. that was right. really long, and it didn't have map discovery points you know yeah. you you didn't like see an outline of a thing in your hud and then you could go investigate it or not um it i i started doing some of the main plotline missions of the new dlc and it took me into a thing that i thought was going to be awful because it uses the crafting base building ui but you're like in this sort of weird cyber zone and you're having to play kind of a tower defense game, but it's very, very constrained. Like it, 
it was so just made a new mini game with their tools. Yeah, they it's they, they cool. you have a separate kind of inventory that you could like. There's certain blocks that you can pick up, and then you place them to make a path for these little creepy crawly things to like get to a point where they're picking up data and then bringing it back to the entrance and then it'll spawn these enemies around and you have like turrets that you can place that will kill the enemies um and then it unlocks a bunch of story stuff when you finish it because you're you're like some synth has like offloaded some of his memories into this Uh, data bank and you're recovering them and so it's i don't don't know it's it's pretty fun i i want to go back to i didn't quit because i was fed up with it i quit because i got tired and needed to go to bed (laughs) so that'll be pretty fun i guess um i picked up steven sausage roll again and finally beat the first island nice and and then did you see something interesting i was just looking over at our bumps Uh uh-huh um and then after that, I saw like five or six more puzzles, like instantly. Nice. They're way easier on the. There's one that is fucking impossible. You're that just, I'm never going to be. Maybe you're the way one better. Where the giant that... tower of sausages on top of each other. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go let these dudes in to deliver this plastic shit. So if you guys want to talk, or we can just break. Okay. I think we both. We, Ow! Wow. I'm gonna break the lamp. Jesus. We both have uh, we both have already talked about our games. We'll talk about something else. Jim, you recently moved. Please give us your address. <laughs> I don't even know it actually. I have to, every time I need to fill out a form, I like have to go outside and look at the front of the house. Yeah, the other because we, we just moved offices, which is why we're in the new weird studio. Uh, and like, I cannot remember the address here. I like I cannot remember the name of the street. It's there. There's a couple of streets in San Francisco that have similar names, and this is one of them. Thanks. <laughs> Wait, I shouldn't have said that. Probably. <laughs> it's fine. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be on the internet. Yeah. Also, like, there's a gate out front. Yeah. And, and the like... code is. <laughs> the thing is that that might very well be somebody's code. So oh God. Knows? Well, don't. You should, listener, go push that code, and if so, we'll edit that out of this podcast. I wonder how many different codes there are. Cause I think every, every tenant has their own entrance. It's a four digit code. There are 9,000 residents. <laughs> so uh-huh. that every individual termite in the wall has its own number. Exactly. This is like IPV six. Right. Do you like your new, uh, do you like your digs? Yeah. I've got a, a, a room to work a room that's explicitly for work now. For working out or for, for, for working for, for doing work. Okay. Which is nice. Your laboratory. My laboratory. Yes. Do you have a, do you have a bunch of like Erlenmeyer flasks? No, it's the reason I called it the lab was that people were like, when I talked about having a room, they talked, they said, Oh, you've got a man cave. <laughs> I was like, no, it's not a man cave. It's a I had to come. And then I had to come up with a word, which, you know, to a mad scientist, their laboratory is probably their man cave. Sure. If, if they happen to be a man. Sure. Right? Like, I, is there such a thing as a woman cave? No, they have more tasteful names for things. Okay. That's, that's what I think of women. <laughs> <laughs> they know how to name things. Um, Riff, you haven't recently moved. That's true. I'm still in the same place I've been for a year. Yeah. When, when did you move up to Portland? 
it was it's been just about exactly a year. It might it might be a few weeks longer than a year. Uh are you still enjoying it? Yeah, it's great. The weather's been really nice this time. Last summer it got super hot, but it's only been uh, it's only been hot here for like a weekend. Sure. Uh <laughs> super reasonable otherwise. Well, so when you say the weather has been great, like your ideal weather is like uh, overcast and raining. Well, right? okay, I, I, great within normal parameters, like like normal humans, normal human parameters. Yeah. Okay. Like it's been, I don't know, it's been like seven in the seventies to eighties range here. We're talking about the weather. So, so Zach, right after you left, I said the address of the building. (laughs) So if you want to set a marker so you can edit that out. um, Uh, I can't set a marker, but I will. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if it's uh, something we're worried about. Uh, No, I mean, I had a listener who's, I don't remember who, uh, what their name was. I'll still accept, send me a book. uh, And I I gave them the address. So, like, basically, if you ever want to come here and kill us, Pretend you're going to give us a present. <laughs> yeah, a present of our death. address. Yeah. Yep. And then give us the present of death. Uh, let me just let Jake release. know that this stuff was delivered. This is a bunch of adhesive. Wall glue? No, it's just pieces of plastic. Okay, because he doesn't want to adhere the foam directly to the drywall, because that'll be a nightmare to take down. So he got just some sheets of, like, corrugated plastic to put okay. between the, like, to tack to the wall and then glue the foam to. Okay. Why not just tack the foam to the wall? I think it's too thick to use tacks and would look tacky. <laughs> uh, it would interfere with the aesthetics. Okay. The aesthetics are the important thing. Um, I played a thing that you guys can't play uh, and maybe will never be able to. Um, wow. It's 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 spooky. Uh, also, play is a strong word. It, it's barely interactive. But so... The more that I thought about anatomy, mm-hmm. the more I liked it and began to believe that it was a thing that was like worth following the person that made it, which turns out to be, I don't know that we even talked about this. It was just this woman who. Yeah, Kitty Horror Show. Yeah. <laughs> um, she has a Patreon where if you back it at the like $5 a month level, you just get a like space that she creates for you to fuck around in every month wait what is this was this one of those backers yeah for backers not just you individually no 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 no. just for but there's like a hundred i don't know a hundred backers total or something and so i don't know how many of them are at the level that does this but this one was called wraith's head gardens and it's just like a hedge maze with some cool lighting and just sort of spooky music yep just like a weird like sort of dreamscape thing she so what's the scope of it as compared to for example anatomy so this one there it's it's sort of a fixed amount of geography there aren't like levels or anything and it's a hedge maze that I would say that I wandered around for maybe 20 or 25 minutes before I ran out of new stuff to see um that seems like a lot of content there were some statues in little clearings in the hedge maze that had and like she was happy about this she's like oh check it out i made this thing that procedurally generates based on a seed the name of the statue in each is this all like unity garden clearing and so it's like yeah just like her first foray into procedural generation and it's just like i've made up at the perfect time (laughs) names for these statues and uh that's awesome there are 
there are notes on the ground that you find that tell a sort of uh, just a sort of like parable about about these three characters and the different ways that they wanted the world to be and how this maze ended up being the synthesis of what they all wanted. And I think those also got placed sort of like the turtle and Firewatch, like just the next time you go to a place where there could be a note, there's right. a note there. I don't know if I found them all. Like I couldn't really tell if the story was over. It was sort of handwritten. It wasn't really structured. Um, it is, she reminds me a lot of Porpentine huh. in terms of subject matter, but doing like spaces instead of twine. Twine. Yeah. Yeah. It like to the point where I really want them to collaborate on something oh, where there's cool. spaces, but then there's also the like really well developed text. Have you suggested that? I haven't. I guess I should. I guess I, yeah. I, you might as well. I could just say like, hey, you should work with Porpentine on something. That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it j- just the way that she talks, like the tweets that she posts are just very like, I, I don't know how to describe this without sounding derisive. It's it, it's just real hippy dippy, you know, like I make games for crystal girls and like that. Just it's a, right. just a lot of like just weird, really flowery. Like there's not as much. I, was, I would just say it was like, like, like a very particular voice, right? Yeah. It's, like there's a particular which was singular in my experience right. to Porpentine until Porpentine, Porpentine, I don't know, until I found this right. Patreon. Anyway, I'm stoked to like I mean $5 a month is steepish I guess for like a little for 12 but not different for, experiences a year? I guess not. I don't know why. I don't know I don't great. know why I said that because I don't believe it. <laughs> like it, honestly it just shocks me that like Somebody could make something at that that was like. To be fair, this one was twenty scale. days late. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it came out on the twentieth. I mean, so so, so the next one is going to be made in ten days. Yeah, yeah. instead so of a month. If this is all just like some of them are just are like unfinished, the projects. unfinished projects that yeah. she has that she's like, oh, they'll make I'll make this into something that you can play around in. That's like, great. It is great. I mean, yeah. her, her Patreon is something like six or seven hundred bucks a month, so it's not. If depending on where you live, that could be. It could be a lot of your rent. Yeah, I mean, it could be all of your rent if you live somewhere in the middle of the country. But it, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yep. It's it's light on biographical detail, which is fine because it seems like the, it's really this Patreon is sort of a character that's being played. I mean, you right because it's. I mean, unless because her name is Kitty Horror Kitty Show. Kitty Horror Show. Yeah, I mean, like I, it doesn't seem. What like, kind of name is Kitty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't, I didn't know about that aspect. I, I, I saw her Patreon. I didn't know about that aspect of it. That that's what you were getting. It, that's that's mean, actually really that cool. That made me, I would definitely have just been like, oh, I like this person's work. I, I'm going to toss them a dollar a month or whatever. But I saw that. I'm like, uh, or I could actually sort of buy this product that I think yeah. might be interesting. I, it's weird because I, I feel like I, I like the idea of an art experience that only a limited number of people get to experience, but I like it better when it's not happening to me because I feel kind of bad about. And you also get to imagine what it must be like. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's, (laughs) but, uh, but don't you also feel like, so there's, there's sort of the taken to the extreme version of that, which is, I think I want to say Odyssey works, which makes, 
incredibly involved, complicated art experiences for one person. It's like anywhere from 10 to 50 people will spend one to six months preparing like a, probably like a day or a weekend for a single individual. That seems crazy to me in a way but that's, that that's, I mean, that's a, that's like the like extreme of what you're saying. Like it's, it's art that one person gets to experience. Yeah. It's yeah. The idea is, is great. I, you know, I'm, I am super excited about individuals having cool experiences. The, um, the like one-on-ones at sleep no more sleep no more yeah that's what i was thinking about those are infinite in quantity though effectively right i mean not really because eventually the sun goes supernova or the show goes out of business whichever one of those you think is going to happen first i don't i can't say can i ask what did you just pull out of your pocket uh, nothing. Oh, those are the bottle caps. Yeah, I just picked They look like super weird... Weird seashells? Well... Yeah. Like black lacquered seashells? Or, yeah, like dead uh, cockroach, like l- lacquered cockroaches. Really like fucked up D20s. It's yeah, very- no, I pulled some lacquered dead cockroaches out of my pocket. That's... I went to the Asian Art Museum this weekend, and the the most interesting thing that I saw was this video of how this lacquered mother of pearl artwork that you would recognize if you saw you would recognize this style if you saw it it's a thing that's very typical in asian stuff where it's just black and shiny like furniture is just decorated in this way it's black and shiny and has like floral patterns where the flowers are made out of mother of pearl okay um but it was just a video of how it was made and like i don't even like it i don't really like the way that it looks yeah okay I, i don't I would never want anything like this in my house, but for whatever reason, just the process of making it was fascinating to me. I like all the constituent parts. I like black lacquer and I like mother of pearl, (laughs) but I don't know that I care about the inlay stuff. That seems like it's got to be a lot of work because you have got to cut the- A lot of layers. The pieces of mother of pearl or whatever. A lot of like put this on and then then sand it and then polish it and then put another layer on and then sand it and polish it. Yeah, it seemed like it took a long time. But it was neat because the video was like, this was me just making this little example sheet of this and then the sheet, the finished product is right there next to the video, which was like, oh, that was cool. So so when you say you didn't have any real life experiences, you actually had a bunch of real life experiences. I guess I did. Yeah, I went to I went to the I went to the Asian Art Museum. I went briefly to the Legion of Honor Museum. The one in Presidio. Yeah. I did not get to see much of it because we had gone on a fairly long hike that. Oh, to arrive there. (laughs) No, we went on a hike and then went to that museum on the way back. Like, um. Amelia's dad was in town for Father's Day, and so we just did a bunch of like touristy stuff. Um, I like, kind of like that museum, but it's it's very singular in its focus. It's small. Yeah, I really wanted to stay longer. Like I got kind of a second wind when we were when we were there, but everybody else was there, so I'm just gonna go back. They also had a, like a Art of the Old West exhibit, which Ooh. I'm interested in treating as research. Yeah, no kidding. Um, it's a small museum. There's a Rembrandt. Uh, there there's is, a, you should go there on, I think either, I think it's a Saturday or a Sunday, but maybe just a Sunday at fuck either three or 4 PM. You mean 420 dude? Sure. Uh, I think it's, I think it's 4 PM. It might be 3 PM. Uh, are you going to tell me why or <laughs> I was told to just go there and was not given okay. the reason why. 
Uh, did they give you any more? Did they give you more specific details than? Oh, go there on either a Saturday or they, Sunday at three or four, and maybe something will happen that I'm not. They gave tell me. You they about. gave me more. I can. I can find the the specific details. Have it now, and because I know what to look for. But it's okay. uh, it's neat. It should go. They don't have any maps or any paper literature for there. They're just like you just need to download the app. You have to have an iPhone. Wow. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like okay. So we were just looking for the Rembrandt, and while I was waiting for the app to download which took like 10 minutes uh because his dad just went and found it he just like went and looked at everything until one of them was the rembrandt (laughs) there's a lot of uh spanish like 1400s catholic art which was surprisingly good and interesting i find completely different things interesting now in museums than I did 10 years ago and 10 years before that. It's weird. You don't think it's just that they've changed the things in the museums? No, I think I'm getting older and I specifically care about things. Like I care about history in a way that I never did Hmm. before. I think I'm just turning into an old man. Yeah. Would you guys like to hear a bunch of stories about World War II? I don't actually know any stories about World War II. (laughs) Not particularly interested. I just watched Fury this past weekend and, uh, it's a fictional story about World War II, but it's actually pretty good. It's compelling. It's 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 got a sort of Saving Private Ryan kind of feel to it. It does not glamorize war at all. Um, but you should you should watch it if you've not seen it. I also played an iPad, but also iPhone game called Cthulhu Realms, which is just Star Realms with some slight mechanical changes and a lovecraft coat of paint and some cute art tell us about these realms star realms is a i got uh our our, our friend jacob uh, when he came out to kol con once he always uh, he always stays at my house or he always would stay at my house at kol con and he would always give me a board game as a gift for letting him stay at my house and one year it was star realms which it is a it's like dominion or or thunderstone it's like a deck building game but it's just a single box of cards that everybody is building their deck out of. There's not like any com- like really complicated setup. It's a very, very streamlined deck builder. Um, and there is a, th- this past XOXO, I found out there was a, uh, an iOS version, which I just played obsessively the entire time that we were in Portland because there was like a campaign mode where there mm. was like, play this and here's some weird constraints. Like it's not like the normal version of the game. Cthulhu Realms is just a reskin of it with some slight changes to the mechanics and like just a really dissatisfying muddying of the sort of relationship between the narrative and the and the gameplay. Like I haven't heard about any realms yet in Star Realms. I think the realms are where it takes place. You know, okay. it's like word realms. There aren't any realms really, or anything good about it. It's just. Uh, well, I mean, I would I would argue with that because we had a whole like yeah world built up around that for when the the eventual like MMO is yeah. going to be made. Oh yeah, yeah. Which, that stuff yeah. is all really good. Yeah, I was really satisfied. We with should really figure out how to make a game that takes place in that. In, in that, that realm, yeah, could use the realm. use the West of Loathing engine, yeah, or the huh. Master Swords engine. I mean, or the but you can be making games about words. I mean, if you're into that, yeah, I am. You're right. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
in Star Realms, every card has like it, it's very much like Dominion in the sense of it having like cards have a buy value that you use to buy other cards, right? And so it's like they are they they are currency and everything everything essentially boils down to this is this has a buy value or this has an attack value and you're you, you're trying to build up your attack value to attack your opponent and the buy value you use to add new cards to your deck and it's in Cthulhu realms it's conjuration power and sanity loss so you're accumulating sanity loss which is a negative number that you inflict on your opponent as opposed to like a positive number that's sanity damage like hmm. and the the by being conjuration power i mean what whatever right it's just it's just money but like it just feels that's that's feels like somebody who didn't feels understand how to like thematically muddy like yeah. it's just not clean it's like like you, you don't it would be so difficult to learn this game, I think, without already knowing how Star Realms works. And maybe they're only selling this game to people who... There's also just a lot of... Like, there's a lot of weird... There's verbs that are essentially just discard, but it's not called discard. It's... I don't remember what it is called. Evoke. Forgo. It's not, no, it's fucked up. Like, none of it, none of it corresponds to anything that you know about other card games or uses any of the vocabulary that's been what built happens? up around games. Like what that. is the verb? It's, I think it's evoke. I think it's, no, sorry, what, what happens when you use it? Like, what it, is the mechanic? It just removes a card from play. It's like burning a card, like destroying a card from your yeah. deck, well, which is a the weird. opposite of what evoking is. Yeah. Um, it's a weird, and then, but, but, those, but yeah. those cards exist in like a kind of a Magic the Gathering exile zone, and there are things that will like, you can buy a card that you evoked for zero conjuration strength. So you can just get it back? But you can evoke cards from the, from the store, as well as ones from your hand. Right? So, so like the ability to destroy a card is both a way of thinning your deck and a way of destroying cards from from the availability to buy for everybody. Yeah. If you have these other things, it's also a potential way for you to like get that card without paying for yeah, it. Yeah, that's man, yeah, you're right. That's super thematically poorly thought out. It's just weird and messy. Yeah. And I, I don't I, yeah, it's In Arkham Horror they called that returning something to the box. <laughs> it's like the the box that the that the gods are <laughs> operating this simulation that we're all in out the of the old box right <laughs> anyway i mean so it's it was also free which leads me to believe that there's probably some bullshit like star realms might have also been free but i just bought every campaign pack that oh, they sold so it had like it had yeah, it, it had like single, like you could just play it online for free, maybe. I don't actually remember if that was true of Star Realms or not. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, I, I don't think it, it's possible that for people who really understand it, it's like a much tighter and better designed game than Star Realms, but it is so, it, it's unfriendly in terms of its comprehensibility. 
which maybe that's maybe that's part of the theme of you know it being these horrifying elder gods like you don't know what's going on do you nobody does the more you understand it the worse off you are yeah anyway do you guys want to talk about the assignment life is strange sure yeah life is strange tm you know if if your thesis is life is strange i don't think you really sell that idea very well by just having some really strange shit happen in the story. Happen to one particular person? Yeah. Her life is strange. Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe it's a shortened form of that. Well, yeah. Wait, so n- not everybody has some sort of weird superpower thrust upon them <laughs> in the course of their life? Maybe it just hasn't happened to me yet. Yeah, it's just, just a matter of time. What's yours? Uh, lack of memory. Oh, okay. Which honestly is great. Your superpower is that you can't tell the difference between pen and pin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I get to just experience something and then experience it again oh, nice. for the first time. It's cool. it's awesome. So you have the same superpower as goldfish. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I got to the end of uh, the second chapter. Okay. So did I. I only played I the would, first one. I would prefer to not get plot spoilers yeah. from after the second chapter. Yeah. Well, Cause I do kind of, do you think you will continue to it? play it? I, I would like to not be spoiled on the second chapter. Yeah. Okay. I probably, yeah. I'm not going to play it immediately. Cause I got, I mean, I, I think we can I avoid play soon, but yeah. I think we can avoid even spoiling the first chapter. If you yeah. talk about it abstractly. So like, it's so basically I, a telltale game. It's yeah. yeah. In the manner of the first episode of The Walking Dead one, there's there's puzzle solving in a way that there stopped being super light puzzle solving. It's light yeah, puzzle solving, but it's, like but it's point but and click it's there. game, point and yeah. click adventure game puzzles. It, you never so have it, more than one inventory item. Yeah. It, it's an adventure game, but like it, it was shocking to me how much more palatable that style of gameplay is when I have direct character control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was super like a, well implemented. Yeah, modern modern advent point. And like if I were, it's really good. Clicking and waiting for the character to move across the room, I don't think I would have got. I so I, I I finished this game. I finished all five episodes. That's awesome. And within the past like week, yeah, I kind of binged on it. Can I ask how much time you spent on that? Like, what was your played time? Um, probably twelve hours. Okay, because I felt I have almost twelve hours, and I only and I only finished the first two chapters. Wow. You are incredibly methodical, and I am. I got all of the. I've gotten all the photos, and I've. Oh wow! I've yeah. Almost all of the. There are all of these. Choices. All of these Steam achievements. Every time you take a picture of something, you get a Steam achievement for it. I do not understand the relationship between the name of the Steam achievement and what you photographed. I think they're just named after photography terms that nobody else knows, and you do, so you think <laughs> there should be a correspondence, but... Okay. They're, Are they, like, puns? I don't... I mean, they're just weird. Like, they're just... I honestly did not notice any correlation at all. So if you look at the description of the achievement, is it, like, take a photo of the owl or whatever? I don't remember what the... I didn't actually look at the descriptions of the achievements. No, I think they're like, take optional photo number Option, one. Yeah, optional Take photos. optional photo That's, number two. Yeah. So, but they are linked to the subject of the photo. As opposed to, like, you get them in order. I believe yes. so. Correct. Yeah. yeah. They're linked but not related. The That's uh, kind of dumb. Speaking about the photos, like, the fact that, that I have a sense of my progress through the individual chapter by how many of the photos I've collected is really satisfying because mm. then I just, I know how far along I am more or less, mm. which is nice. Yeah. I, 
this is way too long. I agree. I think like I spent like 12 hours and I wish it was half that. So my, my contention is that if, if you played this in this sort of like native way, which would be each episode as it was released, yeah, that that would actually have been very satisfying, but yeah, that's that, not a, that's that, not a way that I play video games. So yeah, that that might have helped. It's yeah, hard to I say. Just I mean, we've talked about this a little bit at dinner, but do any of you guys play video games like that? Episodic games? At this point, I just like you always wait till I always out. wait until yeah. it all out because I, I like know that I'm I, gonna forget. I'm between. pretty sure I played the first Sam and Max season that way because Didn't, it was novel. You played The Walking Dead that way. You played them episodically. I played the first one, and then I waited for the rest of them to come. Oh, out, did you? I think. I thought you had played. I thought you'd played multiple. Well, chapters maybe, maybe I did. I don't know. Yeah. I played the first episode of The Wolf Among Us, and then I was like, I'm never. A month later, I was like, Well, I don't remember anything that happened in that, so I'm going to wait until they all come out. And then I just never did. I never played. Theoretically, I was going to play Kentucky Route Zero that way, but they still haven't finished it. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I'm just going to play through all of Kentucky Route Zero again when yeah, the last episode yeah. comes out, and I'll really enjoy it. I bet. Maybe I'll I have know. maybe I'll have matured as a person, and I can appreciate it more. Maybe your heart will finally be open. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. It's weird where our tolerances for bullshit do and don't overlap. Yeah. <laughs> so I, so so your contention was that this game is too long. I almost had the a diametrically opposed feeling which was i really enjoyed how slow paced everything was like there are i i really liked a lot of the pacing moments but like there are so many places where you just get to sit and sort of contemplate yeah i found one and i did not realize that i was that it was just waiting for me to hit the space bar when i was done fucking around and so i was just like when the fuck is something going to happen in this cutscene? And like, <laughs> never, it turns out. And I was like, oh, oh, that's cool. Actually, I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, the and there's, that there's like three or four per per phase. The that, the fact that like, you're not like, like like the difference between this and say Oxenfree being that in in Oxenfree when the pacing went slow, you were stuck with that. Whereas in this one, you can just move on to the next thing if you're not interested in idling around. Yeah. I did spend like maybe two hours playing the first episode and then like an hour playing the second one. Cause I, I just don't even know how you get through. I just hour. didn't, I, I was like, well, yeah, I guess if I, you just went from objective yeah, to objective, like, I was just like, I don't care what any of this stuff is. I'm not going to mm. look at anything because I don't want, like if she would just describe it while I was still walking around, sure. then that would be fine. Right. A lot I mean, of the would, time you can like look at a thing and then back out and she'll keep talking, yeah, but, start walking but the danger of that is that like half the time, then it gets interrupted by the next thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you have, we talked about, sorry, go on. Well, I was going to say, so like trying not to spoil anything, but by not exhaustively exploring things, you did have a major plot yeah change. by not knowing the right thing to say at a given time and i'm curious how that's going to impact the rest of the story yeah me too i mean it can't impact it that much right like we know what developing video games is like we yeah. know what scope of thing is likely to happen as a result of any choice that you make which is to say not much change right i mean yeah. The Walking Dead if collapsed th- down to some choke points. Like, it, 
if you're talking about like the end of the second yeah, episode, I am very curious. Like that, <laughs> right? Because yeah, I really want to know how someone, things There is someone yeah. that you can save their life or not, depending yeah. on how much you know and about them based on poking around. She's in the game a lot after that, huh? Okay. So I'm really curious. Like, and and I don't see like. Like thinking back on it, I don't see like obvious like incision points where you could splice points rather where you could put something else in there. That's interesting. How this game seems like it was really really expensive to make. Yeah, mm. and that was it was all mocapped and like thousands of lines. Oh yeah, yeah. of vo like yep. yep. Like the fact that you can walk up to every kid in the school and talk to them, yeah, it's at so many of those places. Like it's there's a lot there's a lot of dialogue. It's it's not very deep in a lot of places, but it's there's a lot. It makes it 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 has the feeling of an expansive universe without being that bad. I think, but it is a lot. Like it is definitely there's a lot of things to talk to people about. Yeah, a, a lot of characters. They're all pretty fleshed out. Yeah. Yeah. Have we talked at all about the rewind stuff? Oh, yeah. Like, the, main, the main character has the ability to rewind time. It's really good. So you good. can, like... Yeah. It, yeah. It, it uses it for some puzzles where it's like you have to let something play out and then yeah, go back and in time with something that you've learned. But and that opens just up also just option. the ability to use it to, like, if you're given Explore two conversational... Yeah, two conversational choices, you can try one and then try the other one and decide which yeah. one like, you want. I, God, I love... I love it when you can't exhaustively explore a dialogue tree because I don't want to, huh, I don't yeah. want to spend all that time on it. I just want to make some decisions and have them like you, it's like, this is, this is somewhere in between, right? Cause you, you can explore the dialogue tree locally, but right. then you make decisions and then those decisions have repercussions out. Yeah. yeah. There, there are fixed points where it's like, you can't, change your mind about this once and it presents those to you in a way that's pretty obvious and it explains the big to you ones. in the beginning there are like yeah. some big yeah. ones and then there's a bunch of minor ones like this is not really a plot spoiler whether or not you water your plant right is like, <laughs> I like missed this has a consequences lot of those, it turned out yeah me too <laughs> i didn't even in see the first a ton one. of those it was like you let the bird die and i was like oh yeah no i didn't yeah, i didn't same. see a bird i don't how how is this my fault <laughs> like what is going on in the cosmology of this game that i let the bird like oh, did i, yeah, I wow. did i see the sparrow fall no i did not so i couldn't do anything i about it. totally forgot about that that like if you ah, god if you if you don't save the bird you miss out on a photo op because you mm. save the bird that you then photograph later. So, like, that's kind of interesting. If you're, like, actually going for all achievements. I wonder if you miss, if there's a photo op of the dead bird. There isn't, I don't think. Uh, well. So, like, that's, man, that's going to be really annoying to me if I make some choice in the future that, like. <laughs> do you care about getting all the achievements? I will, I have, I'm not, I don't care about the achievements. I just want to get all the photos. Oh. Like, okay. I have. Okay. Like, the fact that this game combines photography with time travel which is like two of my two of my favorite <laughs> things i'm like okay yeah i'm super into this uh, photography time travel and like n neurotic attention to detail yes <laughs> that's like yep it's definitely up my alley the you know the characters are pretty good 
the dialogue is like fine. It's like fine, yeah. I, as somebody who couldn't write dialogue to save my life, probably like it's really hard for me to be critical of all this. I mean, they talk weird. Yeah, I, I remember people complaining like kids don't really talk like that. It, they but, apparently like, had like a, a, a whatever like a like a modern linguist or whatever who was familiar actually familiar with how kids talked in that area at that time. Faced with the same problem, the Russians yeah, actually just got that's a teenager. The is it's it's very specific to that area and time. But even but even that it's like each individual person is always so different, right? Like it's it's hard to ascribe. I guess you were complaining about this. Like if, if, if the conceit is this is written by a 12 year old, then like, it's hard to like, Oh, of the vanishing of Ethan Carter. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I wasn't, I, I felt like that was a fine reason for the story of the vanishing of Ethan Carter to be stupid. But so these are just, these are just teenagers who don't really like who are insecure and like stumble over their words and stuff. And yeah, like, it felt pretty naturalistic to me. Yeah. 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 Some of, the, I mean, just some of the like slanginess felt kind of forced. I don't, I don't know. There was, was a lot of like over elaborate internal monologue, like when she's just sort of examining stuff in the environment that I feel like is a little overblown. But yeah, but she's that's like just a, a rich internal life but, I mean, that I don't fun, have. They make, or whatever. they make fun of her for being it's sort of like overly right. poetical, kind of you know. Exactly. So it's just part of the character. Which so when you make choices in the game. Do you make the choice that you want to make or that you think the character as you've come to know her would make? Hmm. I feel like I always just do what I would do. Because yeah. I have definitely done, I was like, ah, this just does not feel with, like, this does not jibe with my understanding of, like, what she would do. I kind of hmm. went back and forth on that, but then being that I only played the first chapter, I'm not sure I have a full grasp of what I she the first chapter yet with Amelia and like basically let Amelia make all of the choices. Hmm. Um, and it's weird because the one time where I was like, are you sure we did that? And that was the one where we were in like the distinct minority, which uh. was making fun of the, Oh, huh. the short haired girl, Victoria. Victoria. Yeah. That who there is some real world person that Amelia was like, Oh, this woman is obviously based on this woman who's like a political commentator it looks exactly like her um <laughs> and so she was like in she Canada just or i don't know yeah i think maybe because like this and, is all canadian yeah but amelia like hated that character and was like fuck that woman do everything that we can to like <laughs> wow yeah um huh it was weird like amelia would like when a dialogue option came up amelia would say which one she wanted me to have the character say and would always say it with the not the inflection that I read it with or that I expected it to be spoken in, but the inflection that it was spoken in when uh -huh. the line was actually oh, that's delivered, weird. which wow. was fucking weird. It, cause I just always, so like, so when, when there is a line reading that does not jibe with how I would have read that, I just feel like, ah, yeah, maybe, did they just not get it? But the idea that maybe yeah. I'm the problem <laughs> is, <laughs> well, I think especially yeah. if it's a woman delivering the line, right? Like, it, 
that was at least what I attributed it to. But I, I mean, yeah, maybe like, you know, I mean, uh, Amelia has been an 18 year old girl way more recently than right. me because I've never done it. Um, yeah. I, I remember like for the, for the Kickstarter video we made, I wrote a script and this happened again with the uh, Kickstarter simulator game with all the, the uh, FMV in it. Like I remember having to like line by line, tell people how to enunciate the sentence I was, I wrote. Wow. Um, in many cases, because just like they weren't reading it the way I intended it. Yeah. And like, presumably like if I had worked with the same actors more, they, we would like come together on like a shared voice, Hmm. but like it, it was super interesting to me that like, you know, I put the words down on the page and that's not nearly enough. Yep. I found that in writing dialogue for Kevin for the word realms Kickstarter Mm. video. I was like, okay, that was just not, that was not what I wrote in terms of like the, you know, just like what words had the stress and what, like, because that's an important part of the, sort of communicative power of it. Yeah. And yeah. And I mean, it's weird. I mean, it, it, it sort of goes to show like, I don't know how everybody's fucking Island, you know? (laughs) Right. And and like your, your experience of a sentence is going to be different than. Right. And like it, it, so like when we're reading books, we're just not reading the same fucking books. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I fuck. (laughs) Well, and it also made me like really sympathetic for like, writers who are not directing their own material. Well, I was going to say, I was actually going to bring that up because it's like, so traditionally there's like a writer and then there's a director and then there's actors and they're all distinct units. And there's kind of an, like granted you can have multiple people, like one person play multiple roles or whatever, but like that's the traditional division of labor and it yields some really cool, interesting results. Yeah. Like, so there was never a point in Firewatch where I read a line and listened to the delivery and thought those mismatch in a fundamental way. That is a thing that happens to me constantly playing mm. voiced video games. Mm. But in Firewatch, like, I know Sean, and Sean was the writer, and Sean was also the voice director. Right. So I think that is what made that true, which is also just like whenever i hear a delivery of a line of vo and i think that was obviously not what the writer intended i'm probably wrong more often than not because who the fuck knows how so like have you guys the one the, the one point this. in in and life is strange that i noticed that was like the line was re- trying to reassure uh the character that she she was a photographer and in my head, I was like, you are a photographer. Like the like emphasis is on like, you are this thing, but the, the line delivery was you are a photographer. Right. And I was like, like, I wonder what, yeah. Half <laughs> like, the time when that sort as of opposed thing to happens, what else? Yeah. half the time when that sort of thing happens, I, I, I chalk it up to like the actor is reading this line, not in the context of the previous line, but just, just like, right. Cause total they're, they're, isolation cause of they're going else. down a spreadsheet of lines and yeah. the guy d- directing them is not necessarily the person that wrote them. Yeah. Right. Have you guys seen, um, alien resurrection? Oh, it's seen the movie, the movie. Uh, it, oh, is that the a long time ago? The, the, it was the, the fourth, French. the fourth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It was written by Joss Whedon. And directed by like someone who basically like didn't Basson, right? Like it, I don't. Someone who's like English was very much not their first language. Hmm. 
Um, wasn't it? Wasn't Alien Resurrection directed by Luke Besson? Because it had Ron Perlman and that the the real short guy who's not quite a midget who was in Amelie as the neurotic cafe patron who dated the other neurotic cafe <laughs> waitress. It had all of those people from City of Lost Children and Delicatessen. Junet. Yeah. Of Junet and Corot. It's the same. It's, it's, it is, it is the director you're thinking of, but not the. the oh, name. that is not, that is not. Jean, Luke, Jean Luke Pierre Junet. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it is the director of Delicatessen and City yeah. of Lost Children, who I always think of as Luc Besson, yeah. but in fact, it's a no. different French person. <laughs> those are, that's a team that's Junet and Corot. Okay. And. Did Luc Besson direct Leon the Professional? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. While you're looking that up, um, it was super interesting to watch that before and after. He wrote the, he like, wrote the Fifth Element. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, he, and wrote Leon the Professional. Oh, yes. okay. So I was not. All right. You, you were you were like in the same. <laughs> I got there. Yeah. yeah. It was super interesting seeing Alien Resurrection both before and after watching Firefly. Huh. Okay. Because Alien Resurrection reads in a lot of ways a lot like uh a bizarro world episode of Firefly if like you would, if someone who had never seen any of Firefly had just cast their like like cast their own version of it and directed their own version of it having no idea what Joss Whedon's voice is. <laughs> okay. I remember watching Alien Resurrection, like, and th- th- all of these things happened in the time when Alien Resurrection was like a contemporary movie. I watched it, was like, I hate this, this is terrible, what the fuck was anyone thinking when they did this? And then, like, a few months later, I got really stoned and watched it again, and I was like, you know, this is actually really good. <laughs> and and I, and I sort of chalked it up to, you know, well, okay, like pot makes everything more interesting or funnier or right. weirder or whatever. But it also sort of allows you to just see a thing for what it is and just kind of let the details wash over you. And, not, and I think that what I learned from that was like, if you don't take this in the context of like, this is an alien movie and has to like meet all of the expectations set up by other alien movies and or like advance the plot of like a big franchise or whatever. Right. Like if you just evaluate the work as a work, which like obviously you can't. Like no one can unless you smoke a lot of think pot about first. it that way. Well, unless I like unless you can just like dissociate everything from everything and then it's like, well, okay, like have you ever like listened to this entire Beatles album but only paid attention to the drums? Like no, <laughs> fucking of course. In rock not. band I Who have. would do that? <laughs> like well sure, uh, eventually, yeah. yeah but but that... you could have you could have done that without the rock band Beatles existing if you just smoked some pot and decided to do it. Right. Or, you know, whatever. Like you didn't really even decide to do it. You just sort of it's what your brain happened to do but it i kind of want to watch it again now (laughs) just to see because i i remember a lot of stuff about it that was like yep i remember seeming like this is like seeming like it was really stupid but also it was really evocative and like moody and like it doesn't really matter where it fits into the story because these are all just dumb alien movies you know (laughs) so this one can have a because it had the weird like Winona Ryder android, which I completely forgot about until just now. <laughs> yeah, like Winona Ryder is just like a like a bishop or a 
What's the you know Lance Henriksen the android? Oh, Bishop the, the android, yeah, not, yeah. not no, a she's, bishop. She's, she's, she can only move diagonally. No, no, oh wait, sorry, I'm confusing this with one of the Chronicles of Riddick, <laughs> or or priest. Riff, do you still have that poster? Oh no, unfortunately. Wow. I got Sad. a free poster for the movie Priest, and I kept like putting it up in spaces that Riff lived in. There's, there's a movie Priest. Yeah, it was so real, bad. real bad. It was, it was like a. I enjoyed it. It was a lot like the Chronicles of Riddick it in terms of how much sense it made. Yeah, it was real dumb, but it was fun. Was it a post-apocalyptic? Yeah, it, but but like a many thousands of years post-apocalyptic, I think, like where it's sort of like a canticle for Leibowitz, right? But not where there nearly was this, as interesting. Like, giant, yeah. like hyper-Catholic city-state, which d- hearing myself talk about it, it sounds pretty yeah, cool. Sure, but and was, no, and was, priests were like there were vampire vampires. hunters or yeah, something. The, yeah. The, it was based but on a manga, it like, but it doesn't have anything at all to do with the manga, really. Yeah, anyway. Uh, but no, no. Bishop, the character that was right. the android played by Lance Henderson. Do you remember what the name of the android in Alien Ash. was? Ash. Yeah. The one that was played by... Ash. <laughs> ah, fuck, what is that guy's name? He was Bilbo in... Oh Lord, God! Lord of the Rings, and he was Cornelius in The Fifth Element, directed by Luc Besson. <laughs> Written by Luc Besson. Written. By, I think it was no, both. No, I think no, it directed. Was, I think it was both. Was it both? I yeah, so. written. He wrote Leon the Professional. He directed. It was, he wrote both. Oh, okay. But he wrote and directed. Maybe. So, anyway. Sure. Fuck! What is that actor's name? I know it. I just can't think of it. This is a terrible. This is a terrible oh, story. Yeah. Anyway, Life is Strange. I'm really, really glad that I played yes. what I did, and I would wrote like to, and directed. I would like to play the rest of it. I think, yeah, but I don't. I'm never. I'm not going to. I'm never going to think I should spend eight more hours. God, I want to watch Fulfillment s- again. Seeing right the story, do you? It's so good. It is pretty good. If, yeah, if there's there's so many different layers to it. It is, and it's weird. It, mm. it shouldn't be. As memorable as it is, because it really just is a pastiche of ripped off concepts from a million other science fiction movies. So there's I, like the only thing original about it is the particular configuration of the pastiches. Like my understanding is like maybe I'm hallucinating this, but I remember him talking about having written that when he was 14. Mm. Like Stargate is a movie that I felt like you could literally construct from scenes from other movies. Have you seen the 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 Someone literally, literally did that with Star Wars. <laughs> no. Oh, but because like it was because he just took stuff from like stuff that you didn't necessarily know. Yeah, yeah, from like westerns yeah, and samurai yeah, films yeah, and like and World then, War, yeah. Yeah, like dogfighting. Right. Although, like the dogfighting stuff, he like that was part of the the like the actual creative process. He would be like, no, 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 right, let me just, just reconstruct this scene from this yeah. thing where they're bombing this bridge or whatever. Right. Well, and like, he would yeah. cut, but it would. I mean, he would cut together a bunch of footage and be like. I want this is Do what I want this with these spaceships. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, that's there is some some serious skill there. Have you guys seen THX one one three eight? No, no. You should watch that. It is a good movie. Like, he had some really good, cool ideas. And hey, when he was twenty five, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I mean, Easy Rider was good. What did that have to do with anything? <laughs> Didn't he? Wasn't that one of his? American Graffiti. Uh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Mm. Yeah. I don't think I was old enough when I watched Easy Rider. I don't think I really understood it. It's not more like Easy Cheesy Rider. Rider. 
Easy Rider had Dennis Hopper and Henry Fonda. Right. Peter no, Fonda. Peter Fonda. Yeah. Yeah. That was written by Peter Fonda and directed by Dennis Hopper. Oh, and it starred. So, yeah, and starred Peter Fonda them. and Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I wonder. Wonder how in that the, happened. In the next scene, I'm going to smooch all the pretty. Right. <laughs> um. Here's here. This is. This is maybe an inappropriate question, but what differentiates paying porn stars? To have sex and from prostitution, prostitution. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's been hashed out in the courts. Probably has it. I'm just, I'm just I, curious. I, I bet it has in jurisdictions where filming porn is really common. I mean, do you think that? I mean, they're both being paid to have sex with each other, or I mean, all nine of them in like specific I, cases. I imagine. But I, I, what, I, if you're like, that, what if you're like a writer director? <laughs> yeah. Actor, right. Like. Yeah. I so. One thing that I remember being the case is that there is case law in L.A. specifically in the L.A. jurisdiction that um, is very favorable to uh, people making porn over prosecutors and that cities don't tend to prosecute those kinds of cases uh, because if the same case law happened in their city, then their city would also become like, oh, here's where everybody goes to make porn. Whoa. So what uh, differentiates – so when when a person hires a, a sex worker, uh, if they f- Like if they it? film it, yeah, that's, that's a – I'm sure you could make that case in front of a judge and it might work. Huh. Like okay. I, I bet that like it would help your case if – you weren't if, if the person doing the paying wasn't also the person having sex, you know. So sure. if you were paying that, uh, two yeah. people to have sex with each other, sure. But that that just involves hiring somebody to to pay. Wait, you're paying them to pay you exactly. Okay, <laughs> yeah. But what if they didn't, man? Then you're out some money. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming it would be like a hobo, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I mean, I guess if you ever need that middleman, I'm there for you. It, it just like if that's why you're bringing this up. It isn't. Uh, I've just. I have just. I have just wondered. I've just wondered. Like, it doesn't seem like it's that fundamentally different. I feel like a lot of the laws about sex don't make a lot of sense. Okay, like, <laughs> I, I think. That's, I think that's that's the fundamental yeah, issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, our next assignment is Bad Lieutenant Two: Port of Call, New Orleans, the Yay! movie, uh, which uh, someone has suggested as as an assignment. There um, is a thing that you should listen to. Let me pull this up here real quick. The soundtrack? No. We have uh, we have like three days before the next yeah, time we, we record. We're, re- we're recording. It's, it's, it's real I'm short. If just no, and well, <laughs> like we're not, it's going to take more than three days to watch this movie. No, Go- Google for uh, Werner Herzog the treatment. It's a, an interview done with him on the on some radio station uh, as as this movie was coming out, and he just he talks about like his thought processes of what he did in the movie and the crazy things that he added that were not originally in the script because he thought they were hilarious ideas, and just generally this sort of weird glee he takes and super super black humor. It, it just really I'm excited sort of about this. Sets, Before or after I'm, I'm, we watch the movie, uh, one or both. 
I, I, I would say maybe before, but maybe it's also not like after. Gonna, it's not going to spoil it. No, I, I don't think it. I, I don't think it has spoilers in it. I bought a book that was just a bunch of interviews with Werner Herzog by this guy. That, and I haven't started reading it yet. But every time I've just opened it up and flipped to a random page, it was amazing. <laughs> just everything <laughs> that the guy says. Ah, oh, man. What's the What's the book called? Werner Herzog, A Guide for the Perplexed. <laughs> but it's a, a reprint. It's a reprint oh, of a book. Of, it's a, re- a revised and expanded version of a book of interviews that's out of print now that Jesus Christ. I, so Amelia and I have been talking about just starting a Werner Herzog podcast, like just, just a podcast where we watch these movies and talk about them at, at, at more length than I do on, on this podcast. Uh, I'm for it. Um, but. I like I just want to do more sort of research like I want there to be more sort of bi- biographical aspects of it and stuff and so, and just like I want to do a little bit more homework before I just, like sure. it's funny to not know what you're talking about right. in some ways but it's not like enough but don't misidentify a film <laughs> Yeah there you go because everyone will correct you but uh it one of the Amazon reviews of the original version of this book i'm gonna read it in its entirety on the first episode of this podcast when it happens but its thesis is that this book cured my child's autism (laughs) (laughs) wow wow that's great that's right sometimes sometimes amazon reviews are amazing well so i don't know if you've ever experienced this with yelp I use Yelp sometimes to find a restaurant or a place to buy a thing or whatever. And now that Advice Hot Dog isn't there anymore, I cannot ask, hey, where would you go to buy right. a cigar? Where would you go to buy a lawnmower? So I have to ask Yelp. Uh, it's a shoddy substitute. There friend. is a there is a category of Yelp review that is just like some like sleaze bag telling just an incredibly braggy story about some horrible <laughs> thing that they did that they're obviously very proud of wow. or some absurd thing that happened to them. Like I here's I dined and dashed here and here's <laughs> yeah, here's the story. I went to yeah. Great Con and I took all the food in the buffet and everybody behind <laughs> me in line was very disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, zero stars. <laughs> they're they're out of food. I I, I cannot rec- in good conscience recommend that anyone go there after I burned it down. <laughs> Yelp, but for free food options in various cities, like mm. con- conventions with free Just coffee like and stuff. Soup kitchen Yelp. Uh, well, but like, right, but okay, yeah, but like mm. I something that I learned today from uh, talking to to Chris Remo is that apparently in San Francisco. Any office building constructed recently of greater than a certain size is required by law to have a certain amount of, like, developed space that is open to the public. So a lot of the buildings downtown have, like, rooftop courtyards that you can just go to. Yeah, there's, the, there's the, like, secret hidden public spaces yeah. thing. Yeah. And they don't, they don't publicize oh, them nobody does. because they don't want anybody going in there. Right. Like, but they're legally required to have it. And like, they're starting to be like websites where you can find out about how to get to them. That's incredible. And that seems fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, that's just where I want to start eating lunch. Yeah. Just every day. 
And they're like required to have a cafe that's open to the public or something mm. like that. There are just these weird legal requirements for what to do with those big corporate spaces that just start trying doors. Yeah. <laughs> I get so scared doing stuff like that. But like if I've had a handful of drinks, I just do it all the time and it always works out great. Yeah. Cause like, you're white. Worst case scenario, somebody's like, Oh, you can't be here. And you say, Oh, sorry. And you leave. Like that was when I was in Barbados, uh, I was like, uh, you know, I just don't exactly feel super secure in these rooms. And like, Melissa and her family were like, what, what are you talking about? There's like a lock on the door. It's fine or whatever. And I'm like, I was like, give me a second. And I just left the room without a key and spent like two, two seconds, like sort of like fucking with the lock outside and just like let myself in. I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. No, I remember with our apartment <laughs> when you convinced me that I needed to start locking the deadbolt. <laughs> you were like, you can totally get in here without a key if you don't lock the deadbolt. And I said, whatever. And I locked you out. And like 10 seconds later. With like a credit in, card? Was, yeah. He has a variety of things that, is, that he keeps My in arsenal. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. Like the, the credit card was like the super low-hanging fruit one. Yep. You just depress the tongue there are like like 90 percent of locks are installed incorrectly such that they don't actually prevent this because they're like a well installed turn it around backwards and you can't do it right like, well no that's 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 different it's it's the fact that like there's there's actually like a there's actually a mechanism in most locks that like when the door is closed you have to it cannot be the mechanism cannot be forced you have to turn the key to open the lock mm. right like that's what it's supposed to be uh, or turn the handle from the other side, from the unlocked side. Um, but so many of them are just misregistered where the thing that is supposed to be depressed while it's in the lock is just, is not. Is that the depressed. second tongue next that's to the second tongue? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that that's what, what that's called for. the tongue? Yeah. So like that one, when the door is closed, it's supposed to be in. And when that's in the, like pushed in the, the other, the other oh, tongue the other can't, can't move. Confer- oh. And that's what that, that's the whole point of that uh, system. So it has to be, the, the thing has to be the right size to stop that it's size and alignment. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I did not know that. Yeah. That's what that's, that's what that's all about. Well, gosh, we've all learned something <laughs> about how to break into Kevin's old apartment. Yep. To tell Reddit to not water your roommate's plant. <laughs> right. The guy that the guy that moved into my room uh, has a plant that Reddit gets to decide whether this robot waters it every day or not. Do you know this person? Yeah, I've, I mean I've met him a couple. He's yeah. Kevin's roommate. Okay. I've met, I've met right. him a couple times. He's um, nice. And the internet is deciding whether or not his zebra plant survives. Yeah. Uh, I, I I like I showed Melissa this website without giving her any context. I was like, oh, this guy on the internet is letting the internet decide whether his plant lizard dies. And she's like, why would I care about this? I was like, look real close at this, like, this cam view. Does that look familiar to you? She's like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> what? Is that in this building? I was like, yes. Now well, he's doing more things with that room than I ever did. I don't know. I guess I made some video game shit in there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, guys, yes, we should end this episode of video. We games definitely should. End yes, this. Uh, I've had a great time recording episode number two hundred forty-six, seven, seven of video games hot dog with you guys, and I hope we do it again real soon. And thank you so much to our Patreon backers for paying us even for episodes like this one. <laughs> this was a great episode. <laughs> okay, they certainly and got their value for their money. If you feel like this was a great episode, you should tell a friend to listen to this yes, podcast give us some stars on itunes yeah come on over to patreon.com slash vghd and uh back back us the ratings the rating on itunes is primarily based on new subscribers okay so that's why we potentially fell out of the top twelve thousand sure. yeah. <laughs> or whatever 
because uh, we peaked. Yeah, well, that, we just we have not been we've not been exhorting people to recommend our services to the public at large. We've you just should g- create a new iTunes account to subscribe to us. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like there's got to be some g- we gross should, ways to here, game this see. system. Hey, Patreon backers, would you be averse Rent to us spending net. like a hundred dollars of your money uh, on a Facebook ad? Hmm. How far does that go? Like, how many viewers does a hundred dollars get? So, a hundred dollars for a KOL ad reached like one hundred and fifty thousand people or something, but that was weirdly because that, that was, was weirdly well targeted and, sh- people, and people very shared. broadly shared in a way mm-hmm. that a normal ad wouldn't. But I don't know. I bet a hundred dollars would get you in front of thirty thousand people if if all you were doing was targeting and a of specific those interest group or whatever. And then five one, might subscribe. One percent yeah. would click through. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. There was some weird statistic about uh, how much candidates were paying per vote in the primaries, just just on the Republican side. Trump Trump spent about two dollars per vote that he got in the primaries uh, on like advertising stuff, and other can- candidates spent as much as two hundred dollars per vote. Like they wow. were. Wow. Yeah. Trump seems really efficient. Yes. Yeah, that's the kind of guy I want in charge. I by mean, if he can, by like allowing the can, press to do all of his advertising for him, yeah, that's, he's done tremendously well. Like, I mean, if, I feel like if he, if he did something like times. start a war or like he genocided somebody or whatever, and he was like, hey, somebody, what do you think about that? And I'll be like, I don't know, I don't know what I think about that. And he just like kept unfolding twenty dollar bills until I told him I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> that seems okay. Sure. I mean, I got mine. Uh, good night, everybody. <laughs> good night. Have a great week. Talk to you later. Trump. No. <laughs> no. Oh, it's going to be so funny. Oh, God. <laughs> so entertaining. The most entertaining presidency. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone loves things that are on fire, right? <laughs> no two things are This not is on fire. fine. Uh, the only one I have a hot take for is the hot one. And that was it.